it's about getting into schools and talking to young people because you know I, I know that people can change uh, and, it, and it's about talking to people and getting them to understand and perhaps step back from violence and, and prejudice and whatever and we just need to work together and keep on the good fight there absolutely Hey there guys, we are ecstatically happy to announce that we are associated with the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. The times are changing and with the unfortunate death of Sophie, those changes have made a massive impact for the future. If Sophie was with us still today, I can guarantee what you are doing will still be reaching so many lives of young teenagers, young adults and those who wish to be as different as possible. So thank you very much. To find out more about this incredible foundation and all the work they do, and more importantly, how you can help, head on over to www.sophielancasterfoundation.com. Hey, honey bunny, it's Rivka Reyes. This is Ron Wasserman, the nut that wrote Go Go Power Rangers. I'm Noel McNeil, and once upon a time, I was a bear in a big blue house. It's Rab himself. Paul Rugg, the voice of Freakazoid, and you're listening to the Chronicles of Podcast with Tom and Jamie. Hada! What's going on, guys? It's the 65th edition of the Chronicles of Podcast. This time you're getting pointed at, whether you like it or not. It's, it's, I hate that joke, though. Root point. Like, ah, all right, Dad. Uh, I do believe, Jamie, that these right here, right about there, are the Chronicles of Wednesday 13. Oh, yes, they are. Yeah, I thought they might have been. And before we get out of here, oh, yeah. Right, let's get back on the road. Hello, hello, world. I'm Wednesday 13, not to be confused with Friday the 13th. You are watching the Chronicles of Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 65th edition of the Chronicles of Podcast. And these are the Chronicles of Wednesday 13. It is I, the bearded Brummy Jamie, and joining me, as always, as always, this handsome fella over there. Right. This is Scotsman Tom. What's going on, guys? Two things, Jamie. First of all, you need some WD 40 for that chair. I really um, did, I know, yeah. Obviously, back in a couple of years ago, I used to be the squeaky one. Now you've sort of like taken over as the squeaky with all the squeaky chair. So um, you definitely need some WD-40 for that chair. I shall get some WD-40 for the chair. Yeah, definitely. Good, or a new chair. I mean, or just get a new chair. But um, It's the wife's office chair, so we can't, it's a freebie. So we can't, we'll, we'll do oh, it. that's why it squeaks. Anyway, the other thing was as well that I really <laughs> wanted to get to was I never knew you were on Flog It. When did you work on Flog It? Don't you fucking start. I've had seven oh, years of right. this. Don't you Chav. start. Jesus. Did you did you hear how we said that? Don't you fucking start a wee quick. <laughs> All right, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'll, I'll bring the drugs to you tomorrow, right? I'll get your money. I'll get your money. You better do it all. Right. This has been haunting me for like seven years now. It does not look like me. It really did. Does does nothing. No. When before you lost uh, that amazing amount of weight, that really is you. No. Like a million percent is you. No. <laughs> I refuse and to accept it. Joe Smith was n- nailed it. That because I woke up that one morning. Uh, for those that don't know the story, basically there's a guy on Flog It that looks exactly like Jamie, but no previous reason. Jamie before he lost all his weight. Um, 
and his ex-partner put it on Facebook on his social media. So anyone that was doing personally will know that he looks exactly like the guy from Flogger. He probably is not on there anymore, but um, from that photo. So definitely Ginger, definitely looks like Jamie. Um, that's all I've got to say about that. I just, I was just, I, it blew my, blew my mind. So when did you get, when did you just get a job in like auctioneering that sort of thing? No, it does not look like me. I feel like I want to put it on the video to get feedback. But knowing my look, everyone's going to agree, and then I'll have to go weep into a corner. Put it on the video. Definitely put it on the, put it up on here so everyone can have a look. And then next week, let us know, guys, what you think if that if the flog it man looks like Jamie, uh, and I'll take my winnings now. Anyway, let me let's move on. I've got yes, a story right. for you. I've got a story for you. This is in the news okay. this week that I felt before we get to obviously the sad part of the of the show. Yeah. Let's get to this part first. So. Let's all uh, actually, no, actually let's let's get the, let's do the tribute and then we'll get the funny shit in afterwards and then we can okay. lighten everyone's mood again. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we we need to talk about it, really, don't we? There's one thing that's known on this show is me and Tom are huge fans of the Power Rangers. We've interviewed Zordon. We've interviewed the man that did the music for the show, Ron Wasserman. And the other day, we lost Jason David Frank. At 47 years old, Tommy, Oliver, the green, the white, the red, the black, all those Rangers, we lost him. And it's absolutely heartbreaking. And it's hit me a lot harder than I thought it would, to be honest with you. Yeah, I remember when I saw the news and I was like, really? It's not been shared anywhere. And the amount of people on Twitter that were like, show me the evidence, show me the evidence. But yeah, it's obviously come on quite close to him. And I think it's one of those things that you just... Yeah, it really, I, I literally out loud on Sunday went, just do a front side, really. And I, I texted you straight away. You did. So, um, my yeah. initial reaction was, what? Because, yeah, it was like a gut punch. I was in shock. Checking on your friends, guys. Checking on your yeah. friends, checking on everybody. You always make sure that everyone's okay. You know, his best friend was gutted that he missed his phone call. Um, yeah. So, but, you know, it's just, go on. It's, it's, it's going to say, it just got me thinking about this guy and this character and how much he actually meant to people, especially of our age and our generation, like the amount of people that watched that show and how many people who are into martial arts now probably watched that show and saw Tommy and were like, that's fucking cool. I'm doing that. You can guarantee some of your favorite wrestlers and MMA fighters grew up watching the Power Rangers. Hell, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods came out dressed as the green and white Ranger not that long ago. You know, that influence is there. It's mental. And, you know, the character of Tommy, he showed people at our age growing up, you don't always have to be the bad guy. You can turn it around. You can redeem yourself like he did in the show. And, you know, on a personal level as well, he made it really cool in the 90s to have long hair and an earring because I did that. And, you know, well, I wasn't treated like I was cool. But still, it was cool when I did it. I mean, what all I want now in tribute is I want every martial artist now when they fight, I hope they go, I literally hope they make his noises because it'd be, his noises can never die. You know, but it's really sad to what happened. Just just check on your phones, guys. Just, you know. Yeah. I was going to say, everyone, if you are struggling, reach out. You know, whether it be a friend, a family member, a complete stranger. Sometimes it's easier if you don't know the person. A professional. Hell, if you're watching this and you think, these two guys seem like a laugh, I'll have a chat with them. Do it. Slide into our DMs, as the kids say. If you need someone to talk to, do it. We will be there for anyone listening to this. Just seek that help if you need it. Please reach out. Don't let those dark thoughts do to you what they did to him. It's, yeah. I really hope kids aren't slanted DMs. 
Um, but, you know. anyway. <laughs> but yeah, reach out, talk to people. Right, let's get the show back on the road. Yeah. Um, Jamie. Yes, sir. Brits are horrified by what Asda have done for Christmas. Have you heard about this story? No. Asda Festive Lube Range has been released for Christmas. Hold that. Run, Rewind. Run that by me again. So Asda have released lube. That is but what I just, thought you said, but I wanted to double check. Okay. Not just any lube. They've released festive lube. How do you have festive lube? So I'm going to read you the story. All right. Okay. Track yourselves in. Headline, Brits horrified by Asda's festive lube range, which helps Santa up the chimney. It's the most wonderful time of year. Brits have been left both shocked and in hysterics by Asda's latest festive product line range of a Christmas-themed lube. Images were shared on the Reddit page Casual UK of a bottle of Tingle All The Way, is what it's called, wanting um, a mixture of shock and laughter from many. Adorned with snowflakes and a traditional festive green colour, scheme the project. Scheme the product, which has not been tested on animals, is available at a bargain price of just two pound fifty for a seventy-five ml bottle. That's your Christmas side. I'm getting some of that. As, I'm gonna go shopping next. As if often the case with this sort of thing, many saw the opportunity to flex their comic muscles, and the comment section was soon filled with X-rated Christmas jokes. Are you ready? Oh yes, always. It helps Santa come up the chimney. One said. <laughs> Love a bit of stuffing on Christmas Day. (laughs) A third guy replied with, helps the big guy empty his sack. (laughs) There'll be no silent night when this gets used, said another. (laughs) Tingle balls, tingle balls, tingle all the way. A user chipped in. Others, however, were less focused on making jokes and were more intrigued by the product itself. One Redditor wondered if the Tingle All The Way pun was a reference to the ingredients in the lube. They wrote, I'm trying to think what they put in this, in this that makes it tingle. Something similar to the active ingredient in the original sauce, mint and tea tree shower gel? Yeah, that I would definitely not. be a night to remember. <laughs> the original post of the image replied, it tingles with the joy of Christmas, obviously. We'll <laughs> leave you with two more jokes from the comment section. Santa only comes once a year, said one joker. <laughs> And another quipped with someone that's going to be saying, oh, 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 this Christmas. <laughs> Give yourselves a pat on the back, everybody. I, Beautiful. I, I, I have so many questions. Like, what makes it festive? I love the fact that Asda went, oh, so we've got the shortbread, we need the chocolate, you've know, got all the pigs in blankets, fantastic. There's just something missing. There's something missing from our Christmas range that we really need to be sorting our stores. It's going to make us profits, guys. Pro- lube. That's what we need. Fucking Christmas lube. Fuck the crackers. <laughs> Fuck the, the, the plastic plates and cutlery. We need lube, boys. That's what we need. I love it so much. <laughs> Incredible, right? <laughs> but it's working because people are talking about it. And I bet it's flying off the shelf. You can almost guarantee it. I know yeah, I'm getting absolutely. someone to go shopping. Damn right. I need it. I just need to know what it's like. I need to not... I don't want to go into that much detail. I, want to, I was going to say, I'm like, gonna, I mean you need it. I need it. I just... I'm. What the fuck makes it festive? That's what I want to know. Dude, like, if you guys are going to... 
If you want to rammer in the ass, that's entirely up to you. That's totally your bag. That's your bag. Don't say you need it to understand what it is. Like it's fucking lube, dude. <laughs> if you want to buy some, just you might as well fucking use it. What? Don't skirt around the subject. Oh yeah, I, I just want to know what makes it tingle. Nothing. It's just called tingle the way because it's Christmas. I want a festive wank. Leave me alone. Jesus Christ, man. I'm, I'm sick of you at the front. I want to go up the back. All right. I've had enough of all this. <laughs> it's missionary bollocks. It's arse time. I want a festive ruined, Yule log, all right? I've ruined the front, now I'm going to ruin the back. <laughs> Don't be having any Yuletide logs, or we're at it, love, all right. <laughs> I can't believe they got rid of my sprout cheese and they brought out lube. What the fuck has them? Yeah, they clearly were like, well, sprout cheese hasn't worked. <laughs> chocolate, chocolate Gatux isn't working. Get the fucking lube out, boys. Gatux. <laughs> no need, no fucking Black Forest Gatux on the Christmas. We need tingle all the way, boys. That's what we fucking need here. <laughs> what's for dessert? I bet you want to find out, don't you, love? Tingle all the fucking way. Oh, what's that, says Nana? Um, <laughs> oh, not again. Um, <laughs> the other thing that's really been on my mind a lot, Jamie, recently is like, it's me and Keris have been watching, obviously, been watching I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here. Um, I've thoroughly enjoyed it this year. It's been good. We've had a quite, a, we've had a laugh. Who the fuck has to pick up all the insects to box them to put them in trials? Could you imagine having to collect all the mealworms and, and cockroaches? Like, Jesus Christ. In there, one, two, Jesus Christ, on again, three. Oh, sorry. One, mate. Fucking two cats. <laughs> fucking three pricks. Yeah. <laughs> Four, 40,000 bazingas. Here we fucking go, mate. All right, are you ready? Fucking cockroaches coming, son. <laughs> Make sure you release them 10,000 at a time. Make sure you don't fucking go all of them go because i got to fucking pick the pricks up. <sighs> that must be what a horrible job that must be. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That must be such a weird time of year. Oh, we've had an order for 60 billion cockroaches. It must be I'm a celebrity time of year. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here, dick back in the jungle, fucking right. Bonza, mate. I get the mealworms, the reptiles, the snakes, the spiders, whatever you fucking want. I got them. Do you want a kangaroo? Fuck it. Let's get that involved as well. Uh, little croc. Yeah, we'll get a croc in there. Don't you worry about that, mate. What's a crocodile? You mean a croc? I've never heard of a crocodile before. It's a croc. We don't say crocodile in Australia, mate. It's a fucking croc, all right? There's no doyles around here, mate. We don't bother with the fucking, with the long word. We like to make sure it's just a short word because it's easy to say. <laughs> Barbie, mate. Fuck barbecue. Barbie. All right? So much fucking easier to say. Might use more time for beer. <laughs> <laughs> I love Australia, by the way. I am not slagging off military before. It's just fun. It's fun. It's always fun to just... uh, do our, fun, our funny accents. We enjoy that. Exactly. <laughs> the other thing I always wondered with I'm a celebrity is where the fuck are they ordering these weird foods from that they make them buy? Like, excuse me, I'd like to make an order for a kangaroo anus, a sheep's vagina, and a, a bull's testicle. I don't know. Like, where are they ordering this from? Yeah, I think they must obviously <laughs> slaughter the animals from an arboretum, just take it from there. Is it an arboretum? It is an arboretum. No, abattoir. Abattoir. <laughs> arboretum's the nice tree place with all the lovely flowers. And... <laughs> oh, let's get those two Do not get those two mixed up. <laughs> oh, love, do you want to go to the arboretum? I mean, the abattoir, I've got it fucking wrong again. <laughs> uh, you know, go down to the arboretum, to the abattoir. <laughs> Hello, my vegan girlfriend. Let's go for our first date to Arboretum. Yes! 
You got it wrong. It says abattoir, mate. Fucking hell. <laughs> All right, we'll leave that joke where it is. We've ruined it about 16 <laughs> times, so we'll just leave it right there. Okay, let's just leave that dead and buried. Um, I know what's going to really rile you up. I don't know. Oh, I, no. I've seen it. I've seen it, right? And I'm like, there's no need. There's no need. Why are people trying to rehash it from the 90s and the 80s? Leave it alone. They don't need a sequel. What have they done? Do you know what's in the works right now and out in 2027? 2027? They're planning far ahead. What? The, the Goonies 2. No, no, no. I don't know alone. why. It's in, it's in production right now. And I'm like, why? What? What? Why? Why did he, Why does it need a sequel? It's yeah. such a it's, loose concept. You could just come up with a whole new fucking film. I don't get. I don't get it. I don't understand. I'm not going to be like, oh, aren't you making a fucking other film for? But I, I, it's just uh, come up with some new ideas, maybe. Don't need just leave it alone. Because what's going to happen? Is, dead anyway. They, well, they're obviously going to bring back the what who they can, I imagine, and then it'll just be awful. No, leave it alone. Yeah, yeah I agree with Hollywood. you. Hollywood bastards. Absolutely. Uh, so I thought that might upset you a little bit. A lot of a people bit. are a bit like, "What? Why?" This is a very anyway. mixed emotions beginning to the show. It really is. <laughs> well, I'm about to end on this number. <laughs> I'm about to piss off a lot of religious people before we move on to the catch up. But when I finished Jeffrey Dahmer this week, right? Well, last ah, yes. week I finished it last week, and obviously I won't go into too much detail. But one of the one of the um, prisoners was talking about how he found Christ. I was like, okay, you found Christ. Where was he? Behind the sofa? Are you playing hide, are you playing hide and seek? Like, what exactly did you find him? I, I don't understand. I, I don't get it. Just be like, oh, I became religious. I just, you know, I started following the Bible. Not, I found Christ. Or did you? I didn't realize he was hiding. I didn't even realize he existed. Like, is he, where is he? Is he my dishwasher? Like, is he, I don't, I don't get what you mean you found him. Like, Oh, there you are. Hey, my turn. You've, you've been hiding for 20,000 years. Now it's my turn. <laughs> Sorry. Boo. Um, <laughs> but then how long can you hide for before you, before you go looking if case someone's forgotten about you? Or like, in, like how does that... Hide and seek is such a weird game as well. Like because From Jesus to hide and seek. What? Because that's what Jesus is clearly playing. He's clearly playing hide and seek with everybody. They're like, oh, I found him. Like, oh, did you? Where? I, I spent years looking for that prick. Imagine if that was the rules of religion. It was just a big game of hide and seek, and once you found him, yeah. you suddenly believe in God. Yeah, and you become omnipotent. <laughs> I hear all. <laughs> I've never put that together in my head, how ridiculous that saying is until right now, and now I'm never going to be able to hear it again. I was just watching Dharma, and he was like, oh, I found Christ. I'm like, did you? Where? <laughs> What do you think he found him? If he could let the Catholic Church know, because they've been waiting for him to come back for fucking years, if they'd just known he was hiding behind your sofa. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get people like, oh, it was in my beer. Or was he, David, really? <laughs> Maybe you should lay off the fucking rehypnol, Dave. Yeah, lay off, lay off the drugs, mate. <laughs> I found Jesus in my toast. No, you didn't. This is how you buttered it. I'm pretty certain I saw one that said, I saw Jesus in my cat's butthole before. <laughs> <laughs> God. Yeah. World's a weird place. Those people exist, everybody. Those people exist. Jamie, how are you? I am very well. I'm going to pull a you this year, this year, this week. Uh, there's an example. I am shattered. Like my brain has gone. I'm because just... 
Yeah, I've, I've gone from doing a week of nights, two weeks of lates, to seven threes. So my brain's just gone, oh, now I'm awake at 5am. I don't like this at all. Yeah, it's yeah. not good for the body, man. It's not good for the no, body at all. My system's just gone, Bleh. But no. So literally what's done. Just... Yeah. But I'm on earlies again next week. So by the time I start next week, I should have adjusted. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Doesn't it get easier to go from like the, the earliest to the late or the nights, obviously, because you normally would live earlier and you don't. So your body's like, ah, it's going backwards. That's the worst bit. Yeah. Normally I adjust quite quickly, but for some reason this week I'm really struggling. I was like, I sat at work today and I'm just like, <laughs> I just want to go to sleep. It doesn't help the fact I got back really late last night. So by the time I got to bed, I got like four and a half, five hours sleep. So I thought, what you get for having a life, my friend? I know. How dare I? What a bastard. But yeah, other than that, I am good. How are you, sir? Yeah, I'm all right, man. Not too bad at all. Can't really complain. We've had a horrific fucking rainstorm, thunderstorm and windstorm today. It's been really weird. Ooh. Yeah, really fucking weird. And... um Newport News were reporting from the bridge, which is literally just over there. I think a guy tries to jump in the river. Oh, bloody hell. So, yeah. So that's so obviously going back again to the conversation earlier. Make sure you're checking on your friends and checking on your loved ones. Yeah, um, we had one not far from me either. Uh, top of a car park in the shopping centre. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to go too far into this, but do you really want to fall that far? No, not really. I don't think I'd want don't, to fall any far. That's what I mean. I don't really want to get too much into it because obviously it's a it's a subject that's not really to be touched, but it's... Uh, yeah, I won't touch it, it's fine. Um, <laughs> just checking on... Just, just checking on people. Ones, yeah. guys. Just checking on people. Fuck me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what's been going on with you, my friend? What's been going on? Uh, not a lot, to be honest. Mostly I have been reanimating. It's all I've pretty much done since we last spoke, really. I think I've had one day off since we last spoke. So I've been reanimating all night long. Lovely. So I want you to Craig David me and you reanimated. I loved it. You wanted me to Craig David you? Can you feel me in? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you just came to my head. I, like, I, can't, I can't leave that alone. I have to drop that in quickly before you keep on talking. <laughs> surprised we've never thought that before no i know there we go that's another one for the repertoire um yeah most of like i said i've mostly been working um watching wise i am on series two of 24 episode 22 almost at the end now remember last week i believe it was when i said i was so happy that mike was back well fuck yeah. you mike you dick <laughs> He's in my head, I was going, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh, oh okay. Fucking piece of shit. <laughs> but yeah, I've got two episodes left this season. God damn, this season's good. Yeah, oh, it is. Absolutely. Yeah, good. it is. But Jamie, wait for five and seven. That's all I can say. Oh, God. <laughs> wait oh, for no. five and five and seven for me, like the, the, the top two series that they've done. You, you, my main thing I take away from this series, though, is. Jack's daughter, her name has escaped my head for a moment. Kim. Kim, does she ever have a good day? Like, what an eventful 24 hours she is having in this season. Jesus Christ. Accused of murder. A girl she's looking after kidnapping. Someone being killed. And caught in a bloody... Their hostage situation. Like, what the fuck is going on with this girl? <laughs> Thinking her dad's died in a nuclear bomb. Like, Christ. She's not having a good day. She needs some therapy. 
That's what she needs. Wait for series three. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> a whole oh. new, uh, your, your outlook's going to change so much by the season God, three. I cannot wait. Uh, I but love it. The most, the two most important things I've done this week is on Monday I went to the cinema to see Wakanda Forever because I finally got around to watching it. So good. I, I'm seeing a lot. I hate this movie and I don't know why. It's... Because Jamie, you love everything. That's I why Jamie, everything. you you love everything. I so yeah, yeah. So this is why you'll I never have a bad thing to say about. I didn't love Thor. Thor: Love and Thunder was dog shit. I didn't love on that. Okay, fair. One in a one thousand. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Probably right. But no, it was really, it was really nice. I, you kind of have to separate it from the other films in a way, though, because it's very much a love letter to Chadwick. It's oh, I bet it is. Much, but, but it, it kind of needed to be in a way. But no, it's it's a great film. It's really, it, so. it's really fun. I really, I really enjoyed it. So I can't wait for see what's going to happen with that. And last night I went to another gig. This time I went to see Nightwish, and they were absolutely superb. Um, there was two sport bands. I cannot remember the name of the first one for the life of me. They were like a Finnish industrial black metal band. Like their background was like a giant devil fetus, and it was they were good though. I probably want to listen to them. And Beast in Black was the other support band. I don't know if you've heard Beast in Black before. They are proper make you get up, shake your booty power metal. Like you just want to dance the fucking night away on the list of Beast in Black. They were great. And they have the happiest drummer I have ever seen in my life. I just wanted to keep him as a pet. He was amazing. How close were you? I was about halfway on the floor. Okay. But no, he was just like proper going for it with a massive smile on his face, the whole thing. Throwing his sticks up and catch him. He was like, I was just like, you are adorable. I want you. Like, you're amazing. You make me feel good. But but let me get that as the first. I've got some tingle all the way to pick up. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's what you want it for. Yeah. And then Nightwish were absolutely superb. Again, surprised myself with how many songs I knew. I think there's only like two I didn't know, and that was this is off the latest album. But no, they were absolutely phenomenal. That woman's voice. My God. They did a song, and most of it is literally just her. No music. And you're just like, how does one person create that sound? Like incredible voice like I'm pretty certain she's like proper professionally trained in opera and stuff like that oh stunning absolutely amazing show they were great Enya? yeah and another great example but oh and the way it's, oh yeah yeah just if you've not listened to Nightwish you really should because they're absolutely superb <laughs> I'm alright but yes, it's, it's, it's their own end of the day it's their own but yeah that's pretty much my week I've not been doing that much just the past what two days I've done stuff Watching was like I said, I've literally just watched 24. I've really not watched anything yeah, else. Good lad. It's, it's, oh, yeah. it's drawing you in. You will watch nothing else now. <laughs> <laughs> you are one of us. But after this, I'll be going to watch the season finale of Andor, and I am very excited. Star Wars, yeah? Star Wars, yeah. yeah. Star Wars. There we are. Yeah. Um, what have you been doing? You Craig David Mina. I've been reanimating, really. Um, I'm not going to lie to you, Jamie. I haven't left the house. It's fucking lovely. <laughs> At all. I've been nowhere. It's great. I'm going away this weekend, but I'm just like, yeah, I just didn't want to. So I've yeah. literally, because I now, I now Rihanna from home. And then last week, because we had a massive event in London last Thursday, we didn't go to the office. So I was just like, okay. So I've literally been sat in my bedroom working and watching the World Cup. 
Um, uh, yes, I don't know. That's really controversial. Oh, watch! You should boycott the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, it probably should. But I'm still going to watch it because I just want to. Yeah. So, yeah, gutted. It's in Qatar, and obviously, you know, you're not allowed to be gay or lesbian or trans or anything because it's illegal, um, and it's all bullshit. Um, but you know, it's football. I'm going to watch it. So. Yeah, everyone, you know, it's it's just my prerogative. I just want to watch the games. Some of them have been absolutely amazing. So the Japanese beat Germany today. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I don't even follow football, and the results have been blowing my mind. Like Japan Argentina. beat Germany, Saudi Arabia beat Argentina. That game was phenomenal. Like a phenomenal game. It was so good. Actually, had three goals disallowed. Unbelievable that game was. So they deserved it, the Saudis. And then they showed some of the Saudi fans today and they were like taking like, their doors off and then they were cheering, going mental because they're like hitting things. It was really, it was great. It was so good. Uh, so we're watching the World Cup. Um, like I said, me and, me and Karis finished Dharma. So we finally finished that. Um, Brayden spoiled the ending though. He didn't spoil the ending for me. So oh. uh, yeah, which I found quite weird. I was a bit like, oh, I thought, never mind. Never mind then. Um, yeah, but that was brutal. Um, yeah. What else have I been watching? Not a whole fat lot. Oh, I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here, of course. Um, I watched Full Gear on some. I woke up, Jamie, at 7 a.m. to watch Full Gear. I was too excited to sleep. I have never, I have not been that excited about a pay per view since I was a teenager. I was going to say, mental. Yeah. I was like, I have got to watch Full Gear because I'll get it sport for me. And I got to the main event. And Keris follows Saraya on Instagram and she played a video which I heard whilst I was still watching the main event. But luckily it was the start of the main event, not the end. And I was like, ah. Because oh. you know what? I'll be fucking livid. Um <laughs> yeah. Because I was like, of all the things you could have done, I've been dying for this for months. It was so it was fantastic. Um the six-man tag match between the Elite and Death Tri- I just want that every... I want that in my face all the time. I just want to watch that match. They're doing a best seven series now. I'm like, phenomenal, because those two are unfucking real I was losing... I, I haven't felt that watching wrestling in, in years, years and years. Um, and the main event made me very angry. <laughs> yeah, I don't get that. I was, I was yeah. shocked as well. I, I did not. And again... That's why I love it so much. Did not see that fucking coming. I don't think nope. anybody saw that coming. And that's a, the beauty of, of of AEW. And that was the beauty before the internet became a thing and ruined everything every oh, fucking yeah. day. But like, oh my god, James, I was losing my shit. <laughs> I can know. I've heard really good. How was Soraya's return? Was... Awful. I didn't enjoy really? that match at all. Yeah, not. It it was not a great match. Um, fair play, she's cleared and everything, and she was very emotional. But the match was terrible. Oh, really? Yeah, I did not. I Jamie hated Tony Storm. Oh, magnifique, Monsieur. Um, that, I've been working on too many French boardrooms today. Um, yeah, that match, <laughs> that match was sensational. Uh, really enjoyed that one. That was way better. Okay. So, to be fair, it was a title match. I kind of hope so. But yeah. Oh, well, Cargill and Nyla Rose is fantastic as well. Did I see Jade Cargill came out dressed as a Thundercat? A She-Ra, yeah. What a hero. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. It was cool. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I watched Full Gear <laughs> and obviously watched the NFL. Um, and just the usual bollocks I normally do. Like I've I've done fu- other than Rihanna in, I have done sweet F 
A. But tomorrow I'm off to the office and Saturday I'm off to see my family. So there you go. I mean, I'm back in the old shelters. On Friday. On Saturday. On Saturday. On this Sunday. Yeah. How are you? How are you now? I am indeed. Seeing the kids, I take it? Yes. There's no other bloody reason to go there. <laughs> this is very, very true. Um, anyway, I think... Uh, oh, and to tie into what I'm about to do, last night I seshed with our friend Braden Barry, ah. who obviously is the owner and founder of Stay Cozy Clothing, Jamie. He is indeed. Shall we check in? Oh, I think we definitely should. The greatest advert ever. Oh, yeah. All right. Is this thing on? Well, howdy doody, everybody. This is Braden Barry from Say We Can Fly, founder of Stay Cozy Clothing. Your one-stop shop for the coziest, most fashionable hoodies, t-shirts, and more. Gorsh, Mickey. That's right, folks. And we're proud to say that we are now sponsoring... The Chronicles of Podcast. Ouch. Hosted by Tom and Jamie. <laughs> like, you can get 10% off, man. That's right, Shaggy. Just use the special code, the Chronicles at checkout. Oh, boy. Oh. Now, do you know what, guys? It's Jamie's favorite segment of the week. Yeah, it is. It's time for Callum's Treachings. Yeah. Do you want to know something? Callum will be able to tell you in Callum's treachings. It's cereal soup. Ooh. Anyway, Jamie. Yes, sir. What is Callum treaching us this week? Someone might still be using that pen that you lost five years ago. Yeah, this is so very true. Although I would have thought by now it might have run out. But to be fair, it was five years ago, probably. Unless they don't use it that often. Um I used to find when I was at Specsavers, pens would disappear. If you left it, if you'd put it down, that fucker was gone in seconds. I, I find that I don't remember picking pens up, but then I go in my pocket and I've got like an additional three pens and I don't know where they came from. Is it do you reckon it's a must be a thing we think we must think oh fuck I've obviously lost a pen because my pen's here and then <laughs> but you keep do, repeatedly doing it because I think like, I did that as well and I looked at my pouch and was like well I've got five pens yeah I think I'm a subconscious pen klepto like it just I constantly maybe, accumulate pens <laughs> maybe that's what it is maybe we just have a, a need for pens maybe <laughs> in, internally you know how like women like internally not all women uh, want kids and so they have this nurture like I just need this in my life maybe men just have I will nurture for pens <laughs> I just really need to write Deirdre to be honest with you is that alright not to you obviously but I just want to you know I just want to write something what can I to write a check or a birthday card <laughs> was that a dear Deirdre reference it wasn't actually but I realised <laughs> that uh, I need to write to dear Deirdre. Yeah, that's, yeah, I think that's why I said that to you, obviously. Um, <laughs> dear Deirdre, I have a problem stealing pens. Please help. There's a pen thief amongst us. <laughs> and it's me, and I didn't realise. Yeah. <laughs> if you can't that... work out who it is, it's clearly you. <laughs> saying that we're lasting five pens, five, five pens, five years, you're saying it might run out. If it hasn't run out, it's probably exploded in someone's pocket. Yeah, that's a fun. And also, there's some pens now with the, the lids have a hole at the top, and you put the lid on, and the nib pokes through. So you're like, why the fuck are my hands covered in ink? And I found that happened quite a bit as well. That was bullshit. Um, but yeah, I would, I, I'd like to have hoped that by now, 
those pens have run out, I would like to have uh, thought so. But um, if they haven't, Godspeed pens. Enjoy your journey with your new owner. Are you a chewer? Um, the lids, yeah, kind of. So the lids. So I like to, especially with the really like nice uh, smooth ones, just put it through my teeth, like not actually chew it, just like eh, eh, that's a weird exactly. thing I like doing. <laughs> oh, I do that weird as fuck. <laughs> yeah. I like the way I like where pen lid feels, but then I like the way Maltesers feel when I eat them. That's weird as well. So genuinely, <laughs> this is true. When I eat a Malteser, especially if I get chocolate and no wafer, I love the way it's it's weird. All right, it sends me to a place of 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 just ecstasy, and I love it so very very much. It's a, that's why I can't stop eating them. So no, we had a box of Maltesers in the Christmas bar in the Christmas bag, and Kerry's like, "Let's not eat them because we'll have them for." For Christmas, I was like, I just got a chocolate craving. And um, the box, I was like, it was huge. We finished it. I felt very, I think I told you last week, I felt very <laughs> I sick. you did, yes. Yeah, yeah. But the way, I, I had to have six at once. And the way they just, oh my God, I want Maltesers now. Yeah, I mean, now you're talking about, do you ever put them in your mouth and sort of like, let all the chocolate melt off in your mouth? And no, then, that's what Karis does. No, and then let the no. stuff inside just sort of come no. together. I do that. Sacrilege, sacrilege. Oh. I really want fucking Maltesers now. Yeah, I like the way it feels in my teeth when I chew through them. Oh. Anyway, let's move on before we uh, get into some weird tingles away conversation. Um, <laughs> what else is Callum treating us this week, Jamie? At some point, geography will start to incorporate astronomy as humans start travelling further and further out into space. Whoa. Oh, that's amazingly... Really? Like, fuck. He's right, go. Do you reckon that's going to happen? I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that techno- technology is going to advance that far before we all get wiped out or whatever. It won't happen in our lifetime, but someday it's got to happen, surely. We've been talking about it for fucking years. You know, when people talk about how people come back as animals, do you reckon at some, some point people think they're going to come back as aliens? Possibly. <laughs> I want to be reincarnated as a Martian. I've come back as the moon. What the fuck's happened here? Why do I smell like cheese? <laughs> I don't know why this is a moon, by the way. I've just, I don't know. I wasn't uh, going to question it. <laughs> this is this is now a moon for some reason. Um, got wings on its face. Yeah, <laughs> these are my rings. Like the sparkle from my rings. Um, yeah, that would be weird as fuck. Would you want to live forever? Oh, fuck no. Would At you not? Time. The idea of death terrifies me. So kind of yeah. Yeah, same. Yeah, <laughs> bit of both. Bit of both. It's kind of weird how that's a thing. Yeah. Same time. When you watch all these programs of like these people living for all these years and they get to experience so much, like, yeah, it would be kind of cool. I guess. Like, obviously, you got to deal with the fact that if you did live forever, all your loved ones would obviously die. Yeah. yeah There's then... pros and cons. And maybe we should move off this subject. Um, getting deep. That's kind of crazy. I don't. I don't know if that's going to happen. If that's ever going to get to a point now with the how the Earth's heating up and um, all the Tories care about is money and they don't give a shit about anything else or anyone else. Can't blame the Tories um, for space travel. I can blame them for whatever the fuck I like, because <laughs> um, they're all just self-centered, greedy little fucks. Um, England doesn't even have a space program. Huh? <laughs> England doesn't even have a space program. They're probably funding someone else's. They're probably funding Bezos <laughs> for some weird shit. You know, there's probably so much that we don't fucking know. <laughs> so all these people that are there going, oh, but Matt Hancock in the jungle is actually doing all right. Fuck off. 
Like, why is he even in there? He doesn't deserve to, like, I don't understand. Like, everyone just gets warped and fucking gets, you know, brainwashed by this absolute bollocks. And I'm not standing for it. I'm not having his it. book. That's all he's in there. Apparently, he's on Celebrity SAS as well. Yeah, he said, no, fucking. That's that last week. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. suck so much dick, Matt Hancock. Fuck off. I will happily sit here and I won't be like, oh, but you know what? But you know, no, not having it. Anyway, let's move on. What else? And finally, Jamie, what else is Callum treating us this week? As humans only kill the spiders they see, we're kind of acting out natural selection as the spiders we don't see are getting smarter and more intelligent at hiding. Therefore, we're creating better spiders. Do you know what? He's got a point, though. He has got a point. Just imagine. Soon you're going to see spiders doing Mission Impossible. They're going to have like a one eye lace thing, like, din, 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 din. Yeah. And eventually it's going to be like eight legged freaks where they're going to be like on the side of houses, like, hello. I can guarantee Jamie. Claire has turned this episode off already. She's terrified. Yeah, probably. <laughs> That's what's going to happen, though. They, you know how they do that there? Oh, shit. I'm not here. I'm not here. You can't see me. I'm just sat here. Ah. Um, I threw it off my balcony. I live in a three-story. One like ran across and Kerry screamed her head off. I caught it, put it under a thing and just went, be free, forgetting that I live on a third-story flat. So I was like, hopefully he's Spider-Man against the wall. Otherwise, <laughs> have fun. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it feels like to block. I don't get why people are so scared of them. I'm not a fan. And you know what I'm not a fan? I'm not a fan of the fact that they've got eight fucking legs. <laughs> Why does something need that many legs? And so they're like, hello. Uh, I just don't I just don't know. Sorry. How many terrified of centipedes and millipedes then? No. But they got way more than eight legs. Yeah, but they're not fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I thought this was really funny. I was trying to something funny and my brain was going, not today, Tom, not today. Sorry, you're on your own there. Um, I've never understood it. Why so many Centipedes and millipedes don't invade my home. That's a fair point. I'll give you that one. Yeah, that's a fair that's, point. That's what, there you go. That took me five minutes, but still I got there in the end. <laughs> the conversation's gone somewhere. We're, we're on to fucking space now. Where are you? Where, where are you five minutes ago? <laughs> <laughs> it makes me I've been sat there before, just got into bed, just got comfy. Becky's having her nighttime wee before she gets into bed, and all I hear is, ah! oh, fuck, it's a fucking spider. And just sitting there on the curtain, on the shower curtain, going, oh, yeah. Like, leave it alone. Love her. Chin, chin. Have a lovely sleep. <laughs> it's I'm lovely just... and toasty in here. <laughs> it's lovely and moist from your shower. Thank you very much for the lovely... The lovely surroundings. See you later. Well, that's the best thing about spiders. They eat. They eat all the tiny little fucking flies and stuff. They eat all the little shit that you just, you know. So just leave them alone. Oh yeah, I'd love to see like ninja spiders and like, but commandos and stuff like that. But going back to the actual treat itself, he's got a very good point. There's got to be like spider meetings. Like I can't believe it. They got Dave. We need to change our tactics. This isn't going right anymore. Don't go for floor. Go for ceiling. You come across the wall, go to the kettle, scare him, and I'll jump down. I'll have him. I'll tie him up in a web. It's going to take about four years to get the fucker, but I'll get him. Now you've officially made Claire cry. You know that. Do you reckon they've got their blueprints (laughs) out on their webs? Right, so you coming from the side. (laughs) They're web prints. (laughs) (laughs) I would reckon a spider just nearly could shoot web. 
That's a really good point. Oh, I, I didn't tell a shit. <laughs> oh my God, what the fuck is that? <laughs> do you know what I'm going to do with that? I'm going to make an house. Yeah. I'm going to fucking live in it. Well, live on it, because you can't live in oh, it. Uh, yeah. And flies go, oh, it, it can't get away. Looks a little bit tasty. Looks a little delicious, that. And I'm like, mmm. I, I remember when I saved the bee. I remember when I saved the bee once, right? It was knackered, bless it. It was like, start, like uh, it was boiling up. So I gave it sugar water. It took me like four years to like get it to drink it. It drank and went, yay! Straight to a copper. I was like, oh. <laughs> fucking idiot, B. I was like, I was like, I spent half an hour to an hour trying to like give you sugar water and you just killed yourself because the spider went, cheers! <laughs> That's lunch sorted. <laughs> oh, when he's full of sugar. Cheers, Tom. <laughs> and the bee's like, you prick. You said you've killed me. How could you do that? Weirdly, maybe think of Lisa from The Simpsons with the, the lamb. Lisa, I thought you loved me. Loved me. Anyway, let's move on, shall we? Who does a cartoon? That shit's heartbreaking. But we, we love cartoons. It's the best segment ever. You know, it's the one that we're not really actually involved in, but gone. And I do have some feedback from last week's treachings. Speaking of Miss Jones, I've just previously mentioned, she eats. Curry on a plate with a spoon. Really? Yes. Why? I how don't know. The rice I get, but how can you eat the, the meat? I don't know. She must just take the whole chunk of chicken in one go or whatever meat is. Claire Jones choice. explain yourself. I like, she was like, it's loads of sauce. You need a spoon for the sauce. But the, the rice absorbs the sauce. Naan bread, poppadoms. No. That's what they're for. Yeah. Use a fork. No, weirdo. And she also eats cake with a spoon. Oh God, this but is she, your best mate. Yeah, she tried saying because of custard and ice cream. But if you got custard and ice cream, you're putting it in a bowl. Don't count. Before I get really angry, side Tom's <laughs> journal. <laughs> and welcome to another edition. Of Tom's journal. Chris Hemsworth is like a D&D character whose class 100% does not require a high charisma stat, but he has put it at the highest stat anyways, like, hmm, I think it will be useful. So he just walks around as a muscle-bound brawler who can, who can also inexplicably get anything he wants from anyone by smiling at them. Him and Terry Crews. Oh. Terry... Terry Crews, high-level fighter who also multiclassed into Bard for some reason. Chris Hemsworth, the barbarian who loves to knit. <laughs> Enter Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman, high-level Bard who was forced to take on Barbarian when the party didn't have a tank. And now just wants to sing, but he's been the tank for so long, it's anyone, it's anyone ever sees him as. <laughs> what do you want to see? It's so true. <laughs> poor bastard I'm not Wolverine yes you fucking are I want to sing yeah you are Hugh not you a are Wolverine, Wolverine. Just, not singing yeah. get your claws out Hugh come on get your claws out let's just let's have a, let's have a chat you can't die you're fine well, we'll meet in the middle Wolverine the musical could you imagine that would be amazing Logan lifestyle <laughs> yeah. right this one I don't get 
but I thought you might. It's okay. Harry Potter again, all oh, right? Okay. So, Hogwarts Wi-Fi passwords. Okay. So, let's get real. It's a school for the wizards and controlled by wizarding adults. The Hogwarts Wi-Fi password would be password at best. <laughs> Sorry, it would be password. At best, it would be Hogwarts. Okay? But, as for the individual houses, Jamie. Okay. We'll start with Slytherin. Network network name, The Dungeons. Password, 6FBB9W52. Change monthly to protect from potential leaks. Yeah, I don't Gryffindor, get because it's really complicated and no one can get into it. Oh, okay. I, I thought there was a... Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Gryffindor, network name, The Best House Ever. Password, Gryffindor 1. Where's Gryffindor <laughs> Was Gryffindor for six years straight, but they changed after too many unwelcome visitors. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Ravenclaw. Network time. name, Ravenclaw Tower Wi-Fi. Password, fire. Prefects will only give the password in riddle form. It's up mm. to students to work out what the actual password is. The password is also changed frequently. In this case, the riddle is... Give me food and I will live. Give me water and I will die. What am I? Ooh. The intelligent ones are Ravenclaw. That makes sense. Makes sense. I'm seeing my house is next. I'm intrigued now. Come on. Hufflepuff. This makes so much sense now. (laughs) Hufflepuff. Network name. Hufflepuff. Password. Pass. That's it. I don't know whether to be insulted or not. <laughs> nice and simple. <laughs> yes, then. <laughs> so I can help myself. I do apologise. Mind you, you threw the ball up. I had to hit it. Like, <laughs> I would have been disappointed if you didn't take it to the This made me laugh my ass off. Keris thought I was mental and thought I was weird. But I just love this joke. I did, it just it just tickled me so much. I was like, I have to bring it. It's a dad joke. I have to bring it to the show. I, I just can't I can't leave it alone because it's fantastic. All right. Okay. And now I've built it up this much. I really hope it does live up to its expectation. <laughs> I was thinking that I hope I get it. <laughs> I should imagine you will do. Jamie. <laughs> my neighbor blamed me. <laughs> Sorry. My neighbor blamed my gravel for making him fall. But it was own dumbass fault. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I can't, that took you like five seconds That as well. did take me a minute. <laughs> I was like, he doesn't like it, shit. <laughs> I was just being fucking slow. <laughs> Hufflepuff. <laughs> oh, so sat in a university lecture this guy looks and sees this t-shirt called Gaston Roofing alright and then so he wrote a song admit, oh, the, admit it you sung this too no <laughs> one builds like Gaston no one drills like Gaston no one cuts and installs window sills like Gaston <laughs> 
<laughs> that is superb. Oh, I love that. I love that. Final two. Final two. The these are, in my opinion, exquisite journal entries. Okay. Somebody went to Google to ask a question that everyone has obviously wanted to know the answer to, which was, can Pokemon go to the toilet? Google said this, Pokemon do not poo or pee because their, excuse me, their waste byproduct is expelled through use of their special moves. So you're telling me that every time Pikachu used Thunderbolt in the anime, he was taking a shit. (laughs) (laughs) That is incredible. And I need to send that screenshot to Sam because he will love that. Let me, whilst we're on the show, let me forward that to you right now. That is absolutely super. (laughs) (laughs) There you are. That's that been falling on to you right now. That makes sense why Squirtle enjoyed it so much. <laughs> oh, I've been holding that in forever. And finally, Jamie, this was a tweet that somebody destroyed in the greatest way possible, like imaginable, and massive hats off to this person. I'd like to know how fast they did it in, but still, because there's no time. But anyway, someone tweeted, this lady, lovely lady tweeted, a good romance starts with a good friendship. To which someone replied, and a bad romance starts with ra 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 ma ra. Fucking incredible! Absolutely, that I was crying at that as well. That is a top level journal entry. That, that is, is super. Whoever so thought that? funny. Mwah. Ricky, whoever you are, you fucking legend. That is fucking oh. brilliant. Oh, it was so good. So good. Because sometimes <laughs> I, re- I read stuff and I go, this is going to be good. And it's like some mental health stuff or whatever. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But obviously I can't use that for the show. And then I find gold like that. And I was like, yes, magnificent. That is absolutely incredible. And that was another edition of Tom's Journal. Shall yeah. we... Um, Bring in thine piece of resistance, Jamie. Did you yes, want me please. to bring that piece in? Yeah. Yes, we bring please. The piece? I know how excited you've been for this one. So welcome to the Chronicles of Wednesday 13. It's a good day to be a fucking bad guy. It's a good day. This is a Jamie episode. This is a Jamie interview, guys. Not that I, for lack of me wanting to speak, I just couldn't get a word in edgeways. So Don't say like it, that. And it's, but no, but it's not an issue. This is not an issue. This was one of Jamie's bucket list guests to get on the show. And we had Wednesday. And it, what's great is if you watch the interview, just watch Jamie's face. That's all you need to do is you just literally watch it be like, yeah. Oh my God. That's a, it's just lush. It's lush though, isn't it? Because you get to speak to one of your heroes of like 30 odd years. Yeah. To be, uh, I tried my hardest not to fangirl. I don't think I did. I'm, I'm, I know a little bit. 
But I think I rate. Yeah, but you're allowed to a little bit. Everyone go watch the Braden episode in 2020 and watch fucking Mega. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, don't worry. For those who are unfamiliar with Wednesday 13, first off, how the hell can you be unfamiliar with Wednesday 13? But back 20 years ago this year, a little ditty of an album came out called Beyond the Valley of the Murder Dolls. Murder Dolls were a side project of Slipknot drummer Joey Jordison. And Wednesday was the lead vocalist for that record. And my God, this album changed my life, quite frankly. I decided that I was going to go full in. I am now a ghoul scout, as the fans were called. I had a black shirt. I had red fishnets on my arm. I had a red PVC tie. Obsessed. I listened to this album probably at least once a day. Like, just completely obsessed. And then Wednesday moved on from that when Joey went back to Slipknot released in so many amazing albums, side projects and everything. And we're now here today. He's just released his brand new album, Horrifier. And it is incredible. And you should all go listen to Wednesday 13 on right now. Well, actually, you should listen to this interview first. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, listen to everything that Wednesday has to offer. I'm not going to lie to you. I think the toilet and the chicken are two of my, my, my favourite stories I think I've ever heard from a guest. Um, oh, yeah. It's absolutely incredible. I'm really excited for you guys to hear this one. It's like I said, it's a very Jamie episode. So um, I literally just took a sit back and just let him watch my boy go. It was uh, it was it was lovely. Um, so yeah, I I I promise Jamie he'd like to get on with it. If that's okay with you. Absolutely. This, like I said, this is phenomenal. You're gonna love this one, people. <laughs> Jamie, yes, sir. Any words at all that you'd like to say that are final just a massive thank you to wednesday for taking a time out to come on our show and tell your stories about you about joey about everything just i love this interview so much everyone enjoy it yeah so jamie sent me a picture i think five or ten minutes after we interviewed him i was like look i'm watching it um so (laughs) it was it was this lovely it's we laughed but it was it was lush to see it's always one of those moments where i'm like I'm glad that happened. Like it, it like before I get started, as I said, I was watching some stuff yesterday and I was going back to Google. I'm like, it's like a diary. Right? Mm-hmm. Look at these people we've spoken to. It's incredible. And now we get to add Jamie's bucket list. We get to add Wednesday 13 to the to the uh, to the collection. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, interviewing this week. It's Wednesday 13. Ladies and gentlemen, this week we bring you an incredible legendary guest, a man who became a huge part of my life 25 years ago when I picked up an album called Beyond the Valley of the Murder Dolls. This week's guest career has spanned over 30 years and many records, including his brand new album, Horrifier. It is an honour to say we welcome the Duke of Spook, the leader of the Ghoul Scouts, because ladies and gentlemen, these are the chronicles of Wednesday 13. No one's no. ever done that yet. That's actually my favourite. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. But um, Wednesday, a big question I think that I have to ask everybody is, how have the last two years been for you? How's your pandemic season been? Horrible. Horrible. <laughs> uh, I don't think anybody had a had a good time, but uh, I had an extra horrible time. So wasn't my wasn't my favourite. Uh, even just coming out of it this year, uh, even being able to tour and stuff, it still had the the lag of that still kind of holding on. It just kind of 
you know, I had the, I had the ball rolling. I had the momentum going and then it just, everything went down like every, everything else. And uh, so, yeah, it, it sucked. I, uh, I, I hope we don't have anything like that again, any, anytime soon. And uh, I hope all the worst is behind us. Yeah, I'm sorry Definitely. to hear that you didn't have a good summer for us. Awful. Um, you know, it suck. It does suck us, but at least hopefully we're at the side now and we don't have to experience anything like that ever again. Yes, yes. Yeah, I, f- I especially felt sorry for people that work in, you know, the music industry and the arts because that is your life. It's you going out there, you're touring, you're doing, you're amongst people, you know. Yeah, you know, it was weird. Like for me, you know, I, you know, a lot of people, you know, think that, uh, just because I'm the front guy of a band, I've been doing this forever. I don't have like this, this uh, antisocial kind of, you know, uh, fear when I get around people and stuff. And being on stage and being able to do that every single night for years was got me out of being shy, I guess. Uh, but having those two years off, you know, it's like I had to start all over again. You know, I found myself mm. on stage, you know, making eye contact with people going, whoa, that feels weird. What's up? You know, so bad. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's like relearning the 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 old tricks again. So it's been a it's been a b- bizarre bizarre time. I imagine it. I always wondered if like half the musicians got on stage, went to sing, and they're like, "I can't remember the words to these songs I've been singing for so many years because I've not done it in such a long time." <laughs> um, you know what? I, I I don't usually have that happen a lot. There's usually one song per tour that I'll get some lyrics wrong. And, uh, and it's usually just one song, but once I can kind of correct myself, I'll make like a little cheat sheet and I'll tape it to my, to the floor one day and I'll just kind of stare at it for two days and I memorize it. And, um, but no, I've been really good at remembering these, these lyrics, uh, you know, just, uh, it's weird. I, they just, they come back to me. I don't really, uh, before a tour, I don't like go back and reread the lyrics or, really listen to it i just kind of jump into it and it just it kind of it, it comes back it's like the alphabet you know sometimes i flub it you know like a like a like a field sobriety test sometimes you'll flub it. uh but but overall you know i i i i'm pretty good i'm not in need of a of a teleprompter yet but who knows so there's a moment you just hold the microphone over the crowd and go you sing yes oh yeah that's the old the old vince neil trick <laughs> <laughs> so a question i like to ask all of our guests take us back sir to the days when you were a young wee lad young master 13 we could say what did you want to be when you were growing up was it always music no no uh you know i uh you know i, I tell this story all the time like or just i tell stories about this all the time but it's pretty much made me who i am what i do the way i sound the way i write music just everything you know when i was when i was really young i'm talking like you know five six years old you know i was watching rated r movies i was watching action movies i was watching first blood you know uh when it first came out uh, chuck norris was a was a was a pretty big big star at the time at least to me he was he was the man at, at that time he had a lot of movies on my family had like an illegal hbo cinemax hookup uh and our and our so i had you know, nonstop cable, you know, and, uh, and, and I lived in a, in a little trailer when I was with my mom and my brother and my sister. And, you know, I didn't have a bedroom. So my bedroom was the living room. So when my parents would go to sleep, I just watched these movies and I watched all these action movies and Rambo and 
all of this stuff. So music wasn't even anywhere on my mind. If I if I liked music at all, it was because it was a soundtrack or something for for a movie. Uh, mm. But you know, I was and during the time in the eighties, you know, you could go out as a kid and 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 buy toy guns and toy army helmets and everything and it looked like real stuff there was a company called intertech i wish i had it nearby i would show you i have one of these guns there's a water gun from like 1983 that looks like a real machine gun and they had the, the company got shut down because some people robbed the bank with it because they looked real and uh so i was this kid that just had this like boxes and boxes i mean like like trunks full of like guns you know like you would see like rambo or commando when he would go to his gun room and just you know i had that in toy guns so to answer your question what did i want to be i thought i was going to be like a one-man army i wanted to be <laughs> i wanted to be like rambo i wanted to be like a cool cop you know like the undercover i didn't want to be like on a team i didn't want to be a part of a group i didn't i just you know i thought you know and this is back in the 80s when when movies like Red Dawn had just came out, we we thought we were going to war with with Russia, uh, and it was you know uh, so in my mind you know when I saw Red Dawn and I you know you know I've watched the movie since it came I just recently watched it again and the scene where there's the kids are in the classroom and they just see the paratroopers coming down in the in the in the in the playground like I wanted that to happen. <laughs> I mean, in my brain, you know, I'm like going, man, I mean, you know, I've got toy guns. What am I thinking I want to do with it? You know, but in my brain, <laughs> I'm like, if I could just get a hold of some real guns, I could probably maybe take out Russia. <laughs> <laughs> that was sort of the, the deal. Uh, and uh, that led into music, I guess, around like fifth or sixth grade. I started getting into rock music and stuff. My brother was turning me on to a, to a lot of cool stuff and um and i was in a talent show in sixth grade i was trying to impress this girl so uh white snakes uh uh, uh album was was like the number one album in the in the world at that time and uh they had the here i go again they had just put out uh, still the night was the first video and then they had just released their ballad you know every band puts out the ballad on the third video and uh, it was their ballad for is this love and I liked this girl in sixth grade. I'm like, man, what if we lip sync to this at the talent show? I'll get this girl to pay attention to me. And it worked. Yes. yes. <laughs> Played it. We got to stand an ovation. I got this girl to be my girlfriend. And then I realized the power of music. And I went, <laughs> I don't think I want to fight Russia anymore. <laughs> I, I want to maybe grow my hair out and and stop this lip syncing <laughs> to do something. So that pretty much set it up for me. So that was the transition. Although it was, it's still hard. You know, I, I still have the Rambo, Chuck Norris, Charles Bronson side to me there. But uh, you know, that's just uh, you know, that's just my fantasy, my fantasy world now. Oh, Which thank you so much, David Coverdale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Would you not want to ever incorporate the army side of thing? Because obviously your shows are quite, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like they're big spectacles, aren't they? So would you not want to ever incorporate like an army thing to the show at all? Uh, the Well, we have our song Rambo. So that's about as army as it gets. So I, okay. you know, <laughs> uh, depending on where we are, I have a, over in, in the UK uh, where we have like our, a bunch of our other gear. We have like gears. Like all this stuff behind me, I tried to cover up with this terrible sheet here. I'm basically <laughs> in my storage space with all of our gear. We just got off tour last week, so all my gear is behind me. But um, uh, in the UK, I have one of my 
my favorite Rambo gun. It's actually like a, uh, it's not a real, well, it's a real gun, but it's not a, it's a, like an airsoft gun, but it looks okay. it's awesome. customized with a Rambo logo on it. It's got a laser cider on it so I can point out in the crowd. Uh, <laughs> but everybody knows it's a fun song, so they don't think I'm just an insane, well, they, well, say they don't think I'm an insane person. They, they may think I'm an insane person. I don't know. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's about as far as I incorporate any any type of uh, of that. What I was just speaking about. So uh, that's always fun when you can get a, a an entire audience, a club filled full of people chanting R A M B O, blow them up like Rambo. That's uh, an achievement in in my world. Absolutely love it, I, and also one of my favorite songs. So there we go. Um, <laughs> What obviously you're saying you got into music. What made you want to incorporate that love of horror and stuff like that into your music in the first place? Because it's gone for your, your entire career. You know, that's been like your calling card. What made you want to incorporate that? Well, um, talking about how I watched all of the these movies and stuff as a, you know, as a kid when I probably shouldn't have been watching them. You know, I was watching all the action movies, but I was also watching all the the horror movies as well. I was watching Creep Show and, and Nightmare on Elm Street and uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Three and Four when it came out. All these big movies that are like in my mind. I just remember seeing them when they were when they first came out. And as you know, seven eight years old watching them when I shouldn't have been been watching these movies. Um, but when I started um, when I started getting into music and started learning how to play, I started with guitar. Uh, but I was always writing lyrics and stuff. And when I really uh, became a lyricist and started writing songs, you know, I basically, I can't remember who I asked one time. I just said, you know, I asked some guy in a local music store. I used to go hang around and watch play guitar. And I'm like, what do you, what do you write about? And he's like, write about what you know, dude. <laughs> guitar. And I was like, what do I know? So I went home kind of with that just, ringing in my head what do you know and i'm like well i know about horror movies i know about all this stuff i really like the imagery of that uh, so i just literally sang about what i know about and uh so that's where like some of my earlier stuff was really movie movie driven or or, or something came from a line in a movie that that, mm. that that made a song so that's always been my my go-to and I still do that to this to this day like even the, the new the latest album there's there's a song about the Halloween movie there's a song about Christine the car uh, so I'm still pulling from what what I know about and uh, and that's always easy for me to to go to that stuff uh, writing out of the box is 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 hard for me it's like playing a hard board game I don't I don't want to do that <laughs> Yes. So it's what I used to love, like especially the early Frankenstein drag queen stuff. Like you'd always have that like sound clip from a movie at the start of the song, and like, if I'd watch a film and I'd hear it, I'm like, I know where I know that from. It's, it's yeah, like, it's like FDQ bingo. It was great. Yes, it's fun. I I've done that with some with several bands, uh, just finding hearing samples and things like that from from movies. I even catch myself these days. And I'll hear a sample. I was watching Halloween five the other day. Or it was a four. Halloween four was on the other day. And uh, I heard a sample from Frankenstein Drag Queens on, on there as well. And I was like, whoa, mm. I forgot about that. There's several from that four and five. I, um, but yeah, I, I forget about some of that stuff sometimes. Speaking of Halloween, as it is a sort of a hot topic at the moment, and you're such a lover of horror, what did you mm -hmm. think of Hall Halloween Ends? Oh, man. 
Um, I can tell you, I had probably one of the the best times ever at a movie theater going to see that. Uh, we had a day off, and uh, we went as the band and our and our crew and everything. Like eight or nine of us went to the movie oh, theater on um, the day before it, like right at the eve of it coming out like it was like i don't know like a 10 o'clock showing and there was nobody in there but us it was amazing it was like we had our own private theater so <laughs> we were just loud and goofy and i think about 30 minutes into watching it you know i didn't want to like sit up and be like what do you guys think because i could just feel it in the and we just went uh this is horrible so <laughs> We just ate more popcorn, laughed, and then it kind of then it sort of became mystery science theater where everybody said something, and then we were making a smart comment, and it was just it was hilarious. Um, but again, I didn't go there with this big like faith in and you know, oh man, the Halloween franchise is going to be rescued. Like I wasn't that thrilled with with the second one or the one before it. I kind of checked out on the Halloween movies. I think whenever. Uh, Buster Rhymes came in into it, oh, and uh, I yeah. was like, "All right, I'm not, I'm out of here on that one." That was what one that was. Um, but yeah, I just I went to see it just because it was fun. It was a cool idea to go with, it. And, and we had a we had a great time. Um, but yeah, for me, that's not what what I would want in in, in a Halloween movie no. to end. Um, I thought the 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 last one was weird and just kind of all over the place. And this one just went <laughs> even worse than that. So again, I'm not trying to shit on a movie or say it's horrible. Some people, these new Halloween movies are the, their first introduction to Halloween, you know, mm -hmm. and they they think it's great, you know? And I, if I, if I was younger, didn't know anything about it, maybe I'd have a different mindset on it, but I grew up like watching Michael Miley would terrify me as a kid, you know? And uh, so I have a special place in him with, with him in my heart of just like he was the face of horror and he was the scariest thing. And just to see how that image is just kind of I don't know, it just kind of it's not as scary as it, as it as it used to be. So I try to remember it as I as I liked it in the earlier days, like the first first two films. Yeah, he's not Michael hiding in a tunnel. Let's be <laughs> No, that was weird. And then they and then they did the thing of he stares in the kid's eyes and he's going into him like, no, they're not doing this. I saw this in a movie called Vice Versa, where a guy and his and a kid changed personalities with that Fred Savage uh, kid from the eighties. I'm like, they're not going to pull a Vice Versa, are they? So that movie was all over the place, and it was just. And then and then the opportunity to to use a new mask and they gave the guy the goofy kind of candy corn mask or whatever it was. Yeah. And I was like, that looks like something you'd see at the checkout at, at my grocery store. Maybe that's what they wanted. But like, you know, I'm always thinking outside of the box when I watch movies or watch sequels. And I just like so many missed opportunities. Like they could have brought in the silver shamrock mask or something and had the kid yes. wearing those or have or something different than he possesses some kid and lives down in the sewer. I don't know. <laughs> it, just, it, was, it was, it was weird. I don't know. I'm glad it's over with and we'll just wait for the next, the next batch of them to come out with some new director and, you know, we'll, we'll see, but uh, I'm okay with the originals. 
Absolutely. So one thing that always drew me to you as an artist, as Tom mentioned earlier, you've always added that theatrical element to your music, whether it be the giant umbrella, the brushing your teeth on stage. I remember that from back in the Murder Dolls days. Yeah. Is that, you did that like right from the beginning, Maniac, Spider Trash, FDQ, all that sort of stuff. Where does that come from, adding that theatrical element to the show? It's all stuff I've seen on TV, everything. The, the TV was my was my world everything you know i i lived in front of a tv up until i went on tour when i was 25 26 years old and i finally was detached from that and i got to tour and see the world but before that my my eyes were on was on tv on tv every every little little thing that that uh is 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 inspired by like the uh the, the toothbrush thing you know, so people would just think, oh, that's just a random thing. I'm like, yeah, it is random, but that's that's Pee Wee Herman. That's Pee Wee Herman in, in the movie where he's brushing his teeth, you know, and he had, the, you know, he had the big toothbrush. So that was the, that's where that came from. The, uh, the umbrella, uh, what that eventually became was what I call the fuck umbrella now, because we play that song and I, I, I use it. But originally I did it back in like, 93 or 94 i was watching some old uh uh cartoons some looney tunes cartoons and the the coyote and the roadrunner and he was holding an umbrella and the lightning strikes the umbrella and it's the, and, <laughs> and it's just the, it's just the skeleton of the umbrella so what i used to do is i used to bring an umbrella out on stage and just open it and it was just just the wire and I would just hold it and sing a song. And that just looked cool. was just like, what the fuck's this guy doing? And then that turned into Murder Dolls being on tour, opening up for Papa Roach, which was not our audience. And this is like in 2002. Uh, so, you know, we had a handful of our fans there. But for the most part, we're fighting a 1,500, 2,000 capacity audience that wants to hear you know, Papa Roach and the new metal. So those guys were our friends and it was a cool tour, but like music wise, we were up against an, an obstacle on it. So every night I was trying to think, what can I do to engage the crowd or fuck with them or say something or, you know, just to get a rise out of them. So it was raining one day going into the, to the venue. And I looked over and saw the umbrella and I went, what if I write fuck on that? Just, uh, that was it. Just a thought, and then Joey's like, "Yeah, and you could use it on stage, you know, and, and and use it on that song." And then that became, and we tried it out, and it finally got the audience to like us. They kind of put up with us, and then that was our last song. I love to say fuck, and we had everybody in the place chanting because everybody loves to say fuck, you know. So <laughs> that was how we won them over. Uh, and then that went into us, you know, and that became the staple of, of the show. The, the fuck umbrella saved, saved our, saved our lives as far as like winning the audience over. So just, I've always used humor, uh, it's, at least when it comes for me, use humor to win the audience over than trying to go to this extreme. Oh, let me make you believe I'm the scariest, darkest creep. You know what I mean? I would rather go for the. I call the Beetlejuice route, you know, that's the fun, I like that, yeah. humorous, humorous route to it. So that's kind of where all those props and the sense of humor and, and all that comes from is comes from those, those kind of movies. You know, I, as much as I love a, a really serious, scary horror movie, like the shining or something like that, you know, 
I love Pee Wee's Big Adventure. That's, you know, I'm, I'm equal in, in those worlds. So I'm able to do that with my music. I'm able to, to write about those, those things, uh, the imagery, everything, you know, uh, I think people know I don't take myself too seriously. At least the fans know that, you know, when you put a quote up on Blabbermouth or something about me, you read those comments and people that don't know me, they think I'm that serious, you know, guy that walks around all day with, with makeup on, you know, I just wear sunglasses in my house. That's all I do guys. That's <laughs> As evil as it gets, <laughs> you can't be evil twenty four seven. Even even the evil needs a break. Yes, hard to be evil twenty four. I tried it. It's not fun. I gave up. I didn't even make it twenty four hours trying to be twenty four hours a day. Gave up. Speaking of the theater of your live shows, there's a story rumor I heard many years ago about like early days of your career, and I just want to clarify if this is true because it's one of those stories. I'm like, I need to know if this is true. I heard back in the days of FDQ, you used to feed KFC to a chicken on stage. Is this true? Partially true. Uh, he never made it to the stage to try the the chicken live. Uh, let me back this up. <laughs> so I lived in North Carolina. I grew up in North Carolina. Uh, and... It's, you know, I lived out in the country uh, and it was common to be driving down some country road and see a sign out front for someone that goes, you know, tomatoes, you know, or or pecans for, you know, come by and get it. And then it's also not rare to see chickens for sale. <laughs> I saw a sign driving down the road, chicken for sale, like two bucks, three bucks, something like that. So I'm like, <laughs> back it up. And uh, I sent my girlfriend in there because she looked normal. And I think at the time I had like purple <laughs> hair and I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. So yeah, she went up to this old farmer guy and, and they sold it, sold her a chicken for a couple of bucks and put it in like a cardboard box. And I took it back to my house and uh, I went to Home Depot and bought some chicken wire and some two by fours. And I built this cool little cage out in my garage and it was right next to where we rehearsed. And he was going to be our stage chicken. <laughs> so I built, I built a little cage for him that would travel with us. And we were a three piece band at the time. And my OCD just couldn't put the placement of a three-piece band i was like man it just looks weird you know we gotta i can't stand in the middle so we gotta have so the chicken set the balance off he was the <laughs> middle guy and and i built him a cool little like i call the tweety bird cage i built it and uh and we just we put him in in the cage and so he was in the center and we played i believe two shows with the chicken and uh <laughs> We were going to play the following weekend. And I remember, like I said, I built this cool little cage for him in the rehearsal spot. And uh, I was waiting for the band guys to show up for rehearsal one day. And I just came in and I had a box of KFC and I was eating my chicken. And I'm just like, you know, munching down on it. And a piece of chicken <laughs> fell into the chicken cage and the chicken jumped down and he ate it immediately. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Well, this chicken just ate chicken. <laughs> I could turn this into like a like I'm, I'm thinking like a like a like some sort of like green 
her guy at a circus and i'm like going ah i can announce this as the cannibal chicken and <laughs> i'll be part of the show where i bring out a bucket of kfc and i just feed it chicken like people would think that was the most insane thing whether they liked us or not they would remember that forever and uh so that was the plan and uh i don't know what 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 happened uh it was a hot summer i don't know if 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 uh he died from a heat overdose but the day of the show i went out and he was he was legs up like, no yeah so he didn't make it to his i mean it was gonna be his big show oh and, man uh, so yeah, a lot of people didn't like the fact we had a chicken on stage. I don't think you can get away with doing that these days. Probably this is not. 1996. <laughs> oh, so, uh, but yeah, back back in 1996, we were you know we played the kind of venues that. Uh, I mean, I guess we didn't really ask; we just did it. Like we used to bring, like I said, we brought a chicken. Uh, we used to do our own pyrotechnics. I used to build my own pyro. Uh, you know, we used to do that all the time and we would, and we'd be the opening band and they'd be, okay, here you guys, you got a 30 minute set. I'm like, cool. Let me set up these things of gunpowder over here. <laughs> we'd come out with a Frankenstein drag queen fire behind us. I have no idea if it's going to go good or bad. Nobody <laughs> watching. We're just like, just go for it. Just look forward. And if nobody's screaming, and you're not. <laughs> on fire go for it so uh we used to do all kinds of weird stuff like that uh the chicken was was the was the greatest was the greatest thing uh we ever used uh and then the, and the toilet we used to have on stage too was was a was a cool little stage thing too I actually made the uh uh offended a lot of people especially in north carolina uh i made a nativity scene around the uh, toilet i had a real toilet on stage and uh <laughs> Some friends of mine around Christmas went in someone's yard and stole all the their yard uh, decorations. They sold they stole little baby Jesus, uh, Mary and Joseph, and they were just like big plastic light up things. And they brought them to my house and go, "Hey, you want these?" And I'm like, "Yes, but no, but I'll <laughs> shut the door." Uh, so. Those became and then my, my dad. So we rehearsed out in the garage next to my parents' house and my dad had just replaced the toilet and we had an old toilet sitting out there. And I just went, Hmm. All right. What if I put little baby Jesus on the toilet seat and that's the manger. And then we'll put Joseph and Mary around it. And then I'll put some cool little decorative lights on it. And that will be, the piece in the middle of the stage to break up the irony of the three piece. Like I said, my OCD with that. So there was always something. So the toilet and the chicken, unfortunately those were never merged together, but can you imagine if it would have been? Oh, oh, oh. A dream that could have been. I could have made a chicken cage toilet. <laughs> never too late. It's never too late. Never too late. I smell a reunion. What's up guys? <laughs> I've got this toilet and a chicken, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> One more round, guys. I got something I got to do. <laughs> you have no idea how badly I want that to happen, though. 
one thing I've always loved about you is obviously we've spoke about the different themes to your music and whatnot, whether it be horror inspired, like Haddonfield, for example, or silly songs like I love to say fuck, like we said, uh, or you've got like deep and personal songs like Skeletons. Do you right. use your music as like therapy in a sense, just put over those different sides of your personality? Or is it just that sounds like a fun idea? Yeah, I don't do it that often, but uh, but yeah, there's occasional songs like like you said, like uh, where I don't sing about Rambo and I'm like, you know what? I need to, you know, I need to sing about this. I don't have to. And people may not know what I'm talking about because I'll sing about it in some other. I'll disguise it. But uh, but yeah, I've definitely used it as, as therapy. Sometimes I'll pick certain songs. But overall, I just think music is has always been therapy for me, whether I'm listening to other people's music that I like that gets me in a good mood or gets me out of a bad mood or uh, but being able just to just to play music and, and know you have an audience that that wants to hear it or wants to hear new stuff or you know so that's uh that's always a, a, a exciting for me so it's always it's always therapy in some way mm. but uh but yes, I get what you're saying I, I I do use it as 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 therapy sometimes I mean getting out of the whole COVID experience and having this album luckily I had something to channel some of those emotions into you know so uh I don't always have the that kind of stuff to you know on the side of working on a record so that kind of made it a little difficult as well but i'm glad i i had that because had we not been recording i don't know what else i would have done i don't know i probably would have picked up my throwing star habit a little more maybe (laughs) (laughs) what's a wednesday 13 like vocal process like writing process work like do you Guy, the guys to put music first and put lyrics to it, or do you write stuff first? Or just go, do you know what? I'm going to write about chickens, like you were saying earlier. Um, how does it actually, how does your process actually work? Um, it's different every time. It's never been a certain way. I mean, there can be, uh, you know, I could be in my car driving and come up with a chorus or something in my head, and then I have to come home and pick up my guitar and then try to write it. That can happen that way. Sometimes I can have a guitar riff for months and months and months, get the band together, we play it, we make the music, and I'm still stumped. I have no idea what to do with with the lyrics. And then it'll be me sitting around watching TV going, oh, I should write about Christine. Okay. <laughs> you know, and that's kind of, that's kind of the way uh, certain, certain things happen with, with the, uh, with the writing process. So uh, it's, it's different every time. So I'm, I'm glad it's different. Um, and then sometimes stuff will just, just surprise me. I never, I never know. Huh. I seem to have lost my co-hosts. I don't know what's Uh-oh. actually happened, happened to him. Uh-oh. I'm still here. I don't know what's happened to my camera. I've disappeared. Oh, you are. Okay, I'm still that's here. fine. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Apparently they don't want me to be seen on camera. It's the ghost of that chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Haunting these, he's haunting the Zoom. Because when we were talking about, you know, you trying these different things, is that mm-hmm. the reason why you tried projects like Gunfire Seventy Six and Bourbon Crow? Just, you know, just wanting to show that different side of your personality that might not fit like the Wednesday Thirteen brand, as they say. Yeah, I mean, at at the time when I did those, that was during uh you know, I just came out of out of Murder Dolls in two thousand three. I realized that wasn't going to be like a full-time thing with Joey doing Slipknot and just, you can't compete against the monster Slipknot. It's just, it just, so, you know, and that's when I started doing the Wednesday 13 
uh, solo stuff. I didn't really have a whole lot of time to think about it. I just, I just wrote music. So those first three albums up to skeletons, uh, you know, I think that's why those three albums sound different from each other because it was such a, uh, my brain was in a different places. You know, the, the first album just kind of came out. Most of those songs on Transylvania record were songs I didn't use, or I had kind of wrote hoping it would be the new murder dolls maybe, uh, you know, and, so when the second album came around, I wanted to do something totally different. That's why I made like a punk rock record with the Fang Bang album. The third album, I was listening to different stuff. So I made more of a darker record. So you can just see where my brain was shifting on it. And uh, so the Bourbon Crow Project came out around that time as well. And the same thing with, with Gunfire 76. I just, you know, I guess I was kind of, I don't say I was confused musically. I just had a lot of things I wanted to do. And I thought if I, changed the ingredients of what Wednesday 13 was too rapidly incorporating those things in that wouldn't have worked. I would have just sunk the ship. So I went, I'll do the bourbon crow as a project. I'll, they'll give me a break from it. Gets my mind off of that. So when I did come back to Wednesday 13 later on, I had a better idea of what I wanted to do more time to think about it. You know, it was just a, it was a process because I never really, plan to be a solo artist i just went i better start doing something or i'm gonna have to go back to kmart and go to work (laughs) you know so i just and luckily i had my foot in the door with with roadrunner records and uh they put my first album out i've just been really fortunate that you know i'm putting out my my ninth album you know on a on a legit label with more with napalm now we last one was nuclear blast we've been with roadrunner we've been you know, it's been it's been a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of labels and a lot of a lot of records. And I've and I've survived a lot of these trends. I've survived bands. I've survived uh, all kinds of stuff, you know, and, and I'm able to still be here and, and, and do what I do. And it's I haven't had to compromise to any of those things. Good because at the end of that, there is only one Wednesday 13 out there that you don't listen to a Wednesday 13 record and go, Oh, that sounds like you know, it's <laughs> your voice is so unique, that style and everything like that. So, thank God you didn't give up and thank God you kept persevering because you know, I, I, I'm a very happy man. So. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny, I don't ever see it that often, but you, you know, when you if you do happen to glance comments on Facebook or something, you know, Facebook is just. I don't know. The people on there just it seems they their comments are just worse <laughs> than, than <laughs> yeah. But you can just see certain people just the way they'll comment on stuff. And uh, if I ever see the the words "sell out," you sold out and signed to a list. Like, selling out, selling out would be mean not trying to look like a dead person on stage, or <laughs> uh, you know, selling out would be trying to do something that's you know selling out arenas or something. You know, I could barely sell out a, a, a club I play, you know, so it's just, uh, but like I said, I've, I've done what I've always done. I've stuck to my guns. I haven't compromised to, to new music standards. I still write the way I always have, you know, that's why people hear a lot of the eighties influence in my music, because that's what I grew up listening to a lot of the hair metal stuff. A lot of people hear Motley Crue in our music and, uh, but they'll also hear the heavier stuff that I listened to as I, as I got older. So uh, I don't know, I've been able to do this, you know, so long that now I don't really have to do side projects to do 
different sounding songs. So we can have a song like Insides Out, which is super heavy and different than what I've done. But I didn't have to start a side project to do that because we don't need more than one song like that. So mm-hmm. it's cool to be able to to do that. And I think people, or at least the fans that have stuck around for all the album, I think they've come to expect us to experiment a little bit. And that's only, I think what artists want to do as you've been doing this for so long is, is you always want to venture and try something new because you do this for so long. It's if it gets easy for me, that's not fun. I, it needs to, it needs to test my patience. It needs to test my musical abilities these days. It needs to, check all those boxes, you know, it'd be easy to go back and write a, I won't say be easy to go back and write a Frankenstein drag queen album, but just the idea of it sounds easy to me as opposed to just going, yeah. Hey, you got to write a new Wednesday 13 album right now. I'll be like, Oh, Oh, I need some time. You know? So as I said, in my intro, this year marks 25 years since the release of beyond the Valley of the murder dolls, which made me feel very old. when I realized that it, it, it was a true monumental album in my life. You know, I, I was all aboard. I was a ghoul scout, black shirt, red fishnets on my arms. God knows why. Looking back, I look ridiculous, but I just loved it all. As I met you several times during that period. I think I even gave you a PVC tie that you said you'd wear on stage one time. I can't believe I'm admitting this to public. But <laughs> for the, but but for those unaware, how did that project come about in the first place? Um, basically, from what I understand uh, from from the beginning of it, because I guess the, I always start with with Joey. Joey was the, you know, he was the guy that put the whole idea together. Um, and Joey had a band in in Iowa called the Rejects that he had, I think, prior to Slipknot. And when Slipknot took off and started doing stuff, Joey would always come back. And if he had, say, New Year's off, he would do a New Year's reject show. And it sort of became the annual thing uh, for several years that the rejects would do a a New Year's show. So um, I had got uh, mentioned in that group of people with Joey involved with the rejects uh, about playing uh, guitar or bass or something for one of the reject shows, uh, in, in two, in the year 2000. Um, and for some reason they went with someone else and had them play it. And then the following year, that's when I get contacted about working on this rejects project with Joey from Slipknot. Um, so I flew up there to, to do, uh, to meet Joey and work on, uh, I guess what would be the demos or whatever, for what was going to be the rejects because joey's like slipknot's going on a hiatus after this album and i want to put this side project out and we want you to play bass and i'm like bass <laughs> all right because they already had a vocalist they had a they had a you know guitarist in mind i don't play drums uh so but at the time i was like you know what i'm working in north carolina delivering magazines driving a delivery truck just not doing what I, what I wanted to do. I wanted to be in a rock band touring the world. And um, so I was like, I'll do it. You know, anything, I'll do anything to get out of, out of this. Uh, But it was also using my music. So I'm like, well, this is okay. We'll see what happens. So either way, within six months of us getting together, working on those demos, it just switched around. And Joey was like, I don't want to call it the rejects. I don't want to use this vocalist. I want to use you as the vocalist. 
and we're going to revamp the whole band and we'll find new guys and it'll be my and your band and uh, we'll hire the, the the guys to be the the touring lineup and you and I'll be the songwriters. And that's what it became even on the second album and everything. But uh, but that's kind of how it how it just it, it just happened. I think once once Joey and I started working on it and him not thinking about it being the rejects, he could think about it in a different light. Mm-hmm. Uh, and me being the vocalist and getting that opportunity, which is what I wanted to do anyway, I was more than excited. So the enthusiasm on my on my part of that record and everything is all natural. It's all true because I was I was getting the opportunity in my life. I felt like to do it, and it did. It changed it changed my world, you know. Because uh, after that, I I quit my day job, and this is what I what I do now. And uh, you know, so uh, that was something that I was wasn't sure if it was going to work out, but I didn't give up. I I just said I'm taking this opportunity, and had I not taken that opportunity, where where would I be? I have I have no idea. So uh, so yeah, that record's super super important to me. It changed it changed my world. And I learned so much just within that year of that album coming out and going on tour and, um, you know, just, you know, I went from playing bars in front of 50 to 100 people or 100 people. I was lucky um, testing those gags, testing out the fuck umbrella, (laughs) you know, testing out weird stuff and getting a reaction out of 50 people. But to go and play in front of Iron Maiden's audience and have like 30,000 people either give you a good reaction or a bad reaction that was amazing uh and i learned what to do i learned what not to do i learned to never say throw us your money because you could get hurt really bad by european coins (laughs) (laughs) i learned that the hard way uh we would always take yeah we'd play in front of iron maiden uh we did six weeks supporting iron maiden as murder dolls in 2003 and as good as that sounds, that is good for a band that comes out with red fishnets and lipstick uh, in front of Iron Maiden's audience. It was uh, it was a fight every day to, to win them over. And uh, I remember in some of the earlier days, I think it was in Sweden of all places. We played like an Olympic arena uh, in Sweden or something. It's a huge place. And uh, someone threw some money and I was like, oh, great. Throw, throw some more and it was just a shower of coins and Ooh. once we cleaned it up we made about a couple hundred bucks in like euros uh, <laughs> on stage we just went to the bar and drank our wounds away um so yeah little things like that you know you learn you know not to say it in front of thirty thousand people throw us <laughs> throw us your money because it could kill you in a bar I could say that and I'd maybe get hit once or twice, but not (laughs) learn. So, uh, but yeah, man, that was a, that was an awesome time uh, in, in in my life. And it was just, uh, it changed, it changed everything. It's, did you expect it to blow up like it did though? Cause you know, world tours, including like the I made one, you just said performing on top of the pops. You even in an episode of Dawson's Creek, for God's sake, all of one album. It's insane. Yeah. It was for, for one year of, cause you know, basically that was the album came. We started promoting it in like June, like did a, did a promo tour. Um, and from that point on, we just, 
had these opportunities. We were with the right the right management uh, at the time. The Iron Maiden thing happened because management uh, worked with Iron Maiden. Uh, so it was an easy thing. It was just, oh, well, hey, take out this up and coming band. And, you know, you guys can look like the heroes that help break them or whatever. But, um, yeah, the Iron Maiden tour was not a successful thing on our, on our part. I don't know that it did anything for us other than give us that experience because the audience was not very kind to, to, I mean, Iron Maiden's audience is just, I mean, it's a, there's an army of guys, you know, and we're used to playing our own shows where half the audience is girls. So it's, uh, you know, mm -hmm. just people just, they, it was just the mentality. I feel like I went back in a time machine every day and went, here I go. I got to fight these, fight these guys from the eighties every day. The guys with the denim jackets and hair down the waist. And, you know, anytime they would see anybody walking, we didn't have eyebrows. We just, you know, we were, <laughs> we were weird, you know, we were playing in the daylight so you could see how weird we were. So uh, to win that audience over, that was a, that was a crazy thing, but like, we just had, all these opportunities that, that we took, uh, you know, and then even when the band came off tour, I mean, we got offered, we like, soon as, soon as the band went on tour and Joey went back to Slipknot, we got offered to go out with type of negative. We got offered to go out with Alice Cooper, all at ministry, all within like three months of that. So there was just so many could have things that we, we could have done. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just, like I said, that was all within a year and we just had a, we had a buzz because, there was really nothing going on. This is like pre my chemical romance. This is, you know, I think AFI had just came out. So it was that little break in between new metal and the emo screamo stuff. And we were just, here we are. <laughs> what do we do? Well, I don't know. <laughs> we, we're, we're somewhere between Motley Crue and Marilyn Manson. What do we, what do we do here? So uh, it worked. It was, it was like perfect perfect timing on that and i think i mean that was why i've been able to to continue to do do what i do i love it but before we talk about what you're doing now though i did just want to take just take a second like obviously last year we we lost joey and it was absolutely heartbreaking that's just for us fans you know he was a brother he was family to you but do you have any like particular favorite memories of joey just those stories you just think of and smile from ear to ear um yeah, I mean, you know what? There's usually stories I tell where it's just, you know, just ridiculous stories where he and I would end up just laughing in the middle of just like ridiculous arguments or or stuff. But uh, my my favorite story that Joey would tell me wasn't something we experienced together. But when he would tell the story, I could almost visualize it because I knew the area in his town where he where he talked about it. But we used to talk about dumb stuff we used to do as as kids you know and like getting in trouble you know you know fucking with your neighbor's yard or or something and he used to tell me this story and i always used to ask him about it because it would always get him in a good mood and he could barely ever finish it because he would be laughing so hard in between telling me what he did it's so juvenile and childish um but he stole his mom's red like reddest lipstick out of her makeup thing and him and his friend went to this other dude's house they didn't like and on their garage door they just wrote the word shit 
as big as the garage door and, and Joey's mom's red lipstick. And they just ran <laughs> off in the woods and laughed about it. But him just telling that story, he couldn't even, you know, it was a lot longer in the way I just explained it when he would tell it because he could never get, like, explain it. Like, what did you write? I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I guess they went around in the neighborhood and knocked on all the doors and was like, do you know anybody that would have wrote shit on our on our garage door? And Joey's mom's like, well, I might know. And she goes, look. <laughs> Her red lipstick is gone, and they're just like, uh-oh. So I think Joey and that kid had to spend, like, their Sunday, like, washing the neighbor's house and, oh. and washing shit off of <laughs> off of that. So I don't know. That's just a random story he would tell me, and that used to make me laugh. It makes me laugh now when I think about him telling it and just, just to show how, how juvenile we were about just, like, our humor was always, like, you know, writing the word fart on something would just, you know, <laughs> would bring a light to our day every day. We would just like one time I, I got drunk on tour and I, I got uh, like fluorescent color, like gaff tape. And I wrote fart as big as I could on the side of the tour bus. <laughs> and our bus driver was so mad and our tour manager was mad, but Joey was so happy that I did that. <laughs> Because we were going with like, I think we went down the road for a while with a big giant fart and like pink <laughs> on this black bus. So it just looked ridiculous. But uh, it was a fun, fun stuff like that. That's my favorite stuff about him was when we could act like little kids and we did that as often as, as we could. I, love it. I remember years ago there was a video going around the internet and it was literally just you and Joey in a car screaming yeah. absolutely yeah. nothing. I was like, why is well, this so damn funny? <laughs> it's, well, it's funny because he's he's laughing in that too. And I'll give you an idea just how he was laughing. But that's his that's him like really, really laughing at that. He's trying to keep the character, but there's a there's a movie called Raisin Arizona with Nicolas Cage that he and I both grew up on. We we knew it when we first met. That was one of the things we talked about. Oh, what's your favorite movie? Raisin Arizona. Oh my god, that's favorite my favorite part's this, 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 and this. And we just we knew it. So uh, that was just one of the one of the one of the things that that uh, th there's a scene in that movie where these two guys are in a car and they realize they left a baby in the middle of the road and they stop and they're just freaking out and they're turning around and they're driving and they're just going is <laughs> the greatest part in this movie. And we were just recreating that. We had no explanation for it. We just the video <laughs> got online and people now like you ask the question, like, what the fuck are you guys doing? So if you want to see the it's it's called Raising Arizona, it's a famous movie, but the scene the scene is John Goodman and uh uh I can't think of the other guy's name right now, but he was in Rob Zombie's movies. Uh but yeah, it's this great scene where these guys are literally just screaming for about two minutes. And uh that was our sense of humor. We would do that on airplanes. We'd do that on trains. <laughs> the world. Uh, it was always something funny with us. You know, people would always think it was all the spooky horror, dark stuff. But no, it was all usually comedy movies most of the time. Fucking love it. I I, I just I love stories like that. You know, it's. 
because you know like i said us fans miss him but at the end of the day we didn't know him on a personal level so it's it's amazing to hear you know these amazing stories about your heroes and yeah i, I love it so much yeah man he was a uh, he was a good dude like i said he was uh he was really down to earth he was he was funny but uh his sense of humor was some people i don't think would ever ex- expect from him and uh and it was always fun for me if i could make him laugh every day like genuinely make him laugh it made my day too, you know. So uh, we we worked we worked well together. And he's a fucking incredible drummer. Oh my days! Yeah, probably not to, not to mention best. that. Yeah, he uh, <laughs> he changed he changed drumming for 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 everybody. He changed it for all these up and coming drummers now. Like you didn't hear that that kind of drumming until him. You didn't hear that. Now it's everybody. I can hear it now. I can hear it in 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 so many bands now. It's just you know they've that high impact, fast drumming, the double bass. You know he set the bar bar high. And there's drummers now that you know are you know started off as little kids. You know watching him that are now like amazing. It's 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 insane. He he changed the game. Really absolutely. Did. Really did. I always felt sorry for Ben a little bit. It's like you're the drummer in a band with Joey Jordison. <laughs> it bothered him. It didn't bother him as much as I would as I thought it would. He never really I don't think Joey ever gave him any reason to be weird. He was never he was never on him about like do this or do this. It was just Murder Dolls was just such a I think such a release. And uh, for him, out of Slipknot, it was a project. He didn't know what was going to do. It had success. He was in charge of it. He could do whatever he wanted. It was just a fast-paced band. We were drinking. We were partying. And I just remember all they ever did to Ben would be like, play faster. Turn around and go, up and, up the beat. I'm like, we can't play any faster. <laughs> yeah, so... So watch old videos of that. And you'll be like, how fast can these guys play? We give the Ramones a run for their money as far as like speeding up original versions versus like the live versions. Like it was just, it was insane. Incredible. But but let's let's talk about what you're doing now. You've just released your brand new album, Horrify, which as expected is phenomenal. I especially love Return to Haddonfield and Good Day to Be a Bad Guy. That is just an absolutely incredible song. But what's the feedback been like for the album so far? It's been great. Uh, you know, every time you put a record out, you hope people are going to like it. You know, um, you don't want to read bad reviews. You don't want to you don't want to disappoint your fans. So and this is the day and age where everybody lets you know their review, whether <laughs> it's a journalist or it's a Facebook, Instagram comment or 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 whatever. Uh but no, it's always a scary thing for me because I actually, I actually care. I actually care that our fans, uh, what they think, you know, I, I, I want to, I want to read positive. Uh, so the first, you know, week of the album being out, I read all those comments. I read all the YouTube comments. Um, so it's, it's always, you know, good to see that the majority of the people love it or took the time to actually talk about that, that they liked it. Uh, you know, I was actually looking 
afraid to go to the next comment going, oh, where's the where's the bad comment coming? But there really was no, I mean, there's a handful to be expected out of thousands and thousands of comments. And there's just uh, two or three I can think of that somebody said something negative, but it really wasn't negative. Like, uh, like sometimes a comment would be like, uh, it was some magazine reviewed the album and said, um, if you're looking for shock rock that was done 20, 30 years ago, this is the perfect album for you. But if you're looking for something new, this is not the record for you. And I'm like, what's wrong with shock rock from 20, 30 years ago? That's, oh, what, yeah. I, that's <laughs> what I do. That's my influence. So you just said what I do bad at <laughs> is a good <laughs> so you read those kind of reviews so uh but again i guess as long as people are talking about it uh if if i can put out you know this is the ninth album you know and i always look at someone's album catalog when i get to that number at least the way i feel about it because i'm always judging myself and trying to be my worst critic but like i always compare it to movies and i'm like all right where was the Halloween franchise by part nine. And I'm like, is it where I checked out? Like, I don't want to be Halloween part nine from that franchise. I want to be the version that I, that I want to see, you know? So uh, that's why it's important for me when it's the ninth album, not to get into that mentality of going, who cares? I'll just write some songs. Fuck it. You know, I, mm -hmm. I get into it. It's a, it's a process. So, uh, so yeah, I don't want to make, I think of my albums as sequels. I don't ever want to put out, you know, Friday the 13th part five. I don't want to make that album. And I'm sure to some people I've made several of those, but whatever. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's always uh, a, a good thing is to see a positive response to something that would normally get chewed apart. I feel like, uh, so luckily, uh, you know, we're still doing, what we do that people like it so absolutely are there any songs on the album that you're particularly like especially proud of you're just like yeah i like this one this is a good one um i think good day to be a bad guy was is one of the one of the first ones that i that i came up with and i knew instantly i was like that was one of the ones where i was literally just watching tv and i had my guitar in my hand and i just did the and i would kind of sound like a nursery rhyme or something and i came with a good day to be a bad guy i was watching i was watching tv it was right when the covid stuff happened right when the and i, I live here in, in california so in los angeles they were the first people to do the mass mandate at least in the in the u.s and i remember watching tv and i'm sitting there playing playing that little part on guitar and they were like and today in, in the news is masks are mandatory. And when you first heard that before it became a normal thing, first you're kind of like, what the fuck? Mandatory mask? Really? Like everywhere? Everywhere. You have to wear a mask into the grocery store. You have to wear a mask in here. And in my brain, you know, I'm thinking like, because I watch movies my whole life, and I'm thinking, what about the bank? <laughs> you mask in the bank? <laughs> Even in the bank. And I went, it's a good day to be a bad guy. <laughs> and I just went, oh, it's a good day. And I went, boom. And that's how that song happened, literally in a in a 10-minute thing of watching the news. And I instantly knew I had a cool song. So when I finally got to track that with a with a drummer and, and go in the studio and do everything, 
And I heard the playback on it. And I was like, this is this is a good one. It's one of those ones that I know will will last for years. We can always play it at a live show. It's a it's like an instant, instant classic because we did it on this last tour. And it's before the album came out for anybody had heard the song. And I'm like, you don't know this song, but you're going to know it when we're done because you're going to wake up tomorrow with it stuck in your head. And uh, and for the most part, I, that was the reaction we got. So that was one of my one of my songs. I think that instantly I knew I had a good one. That's like a Rambo worthy, catchy. <laughs> Dude, you gotta love those catchy songs. You say with Rambo, that's been going to what, how many years ago was Rambo released? And it's still it's so easy to do, and it's so silly when you think about it. But it's so simple, and that's what I wanted to do. Uh, with with that song i wanted to do something that was simple and fun and to, again like i said those songs come to me pretty easy uh i could probably do a whole album of songs like that if i really sat down and, and wanted to do it uh that's what my brain wants to write a lot of times stuff like that even though i don't know some people are like do that next time maybe i will i don't know uh but uh, yeah I'm, re- I'm really really proud of that song uh also dig the the song return to hadfield that turned out really cool i think for because I, I took a while, I took a break where I wasn't really writing songs about horror movies, particularly because I did that so much in the beginning. I was like, where do I go from this point? But uh, but when I finished that song and I and I wrote it about the Halloween series or like the part two of the, of the movie, uh, I sat back and I went, this is a really good song. This is probably one of the best horror movie songs that I've did in a while. You know, I kind of sat back, kind of separate myself and went, I was you know, going to be the critic on myself, I would say, would this stand in the, would this stand the test of time as it go head to head with some of the other songs? And I, I think it does. I absolutely love Haddonfield, the original version of Fang Banks. I was like, oh, a sequel. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> see, that's, see, it works. If you, if you don't know it, it's cool. But if you know it, it's even better because that was one of my favorites from that record. And uh, I know it was a lot of, a lot of people's favorite off that record incredible talking of playing live and all these songs with so many songs in your back catalog now how do you go about creating a set list for your shows oh it sucks (laughs) it sucks i mean it's it's really hard to it's hard to make one out because you know i always try to put myself in the audience i always try to go if you were in the audience what would you want to hear you know and i always try to think about what's your you know what is your favorite band and like for me, like a like like Alice Cooper, for example, is an artist that I've listened to from the beginning to where he is right now. So I have a familiar with everything he's done. Uh, so, you know, I always picture like, well, if I was in the audience watching Alice Cooper, what would I want to hear? And like, so I kind of use that fan mentality of that. So I sit, imagine myself in the audience watching watching us going, well, they're going to want to hear this one off this album. I got to do that one. I got to do this one. If I don't play this one. I could probably get by without that one. So it's it literally it's 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 juggling and then looking at the clock and going, how many songs can I fit into that mm. time that we have on stage? So yeah, it gets more difficult. And then every time you put a new record out, you want to play a song or two new. So then there's two new ones that knock out two of the old ones. So the people that came there just to hear the old ones are like, I don't want to hear that new shit. Play the old <laughs> stuff. You're like, I gotta play the new stuff, you know. So it's just it's one of it's one of those things. Oh, I can I can only imagine. Yeah. 
So with your theatricalness and how much you love being on stage and doing all the bits and pieces of the umbrellas and the chickens and the toilets and God knows what else, music yes. videos then, the process mm. of them, not the actual done deal, the actual process of them, love it or hate it? Mm. Uh, do I love it or hate it, the process? Yeah, as it? in like the actual, yeah, actually making the music, like do you come up with the ideas yourself? Are you told what you should be doing? Like how, like do you enjoy making music? Because I know they take a long ass time, don't they? Yeah, I I do. I I enjoy I enjoy what I do, uh, and I enjoy um, you know all this stuff is fun to me to pull off a a, a trick with the, the chicken or any of that stuff. It's like a, I feel like I'm a magician. So I'm, I even made up the word magician. I'm a musical <laughs> magician. I pull a pull a rabbit out of a out of a hat. Um, you know, just I don't know. Those things are accomplishments to do. Uh, there was even one time I I. I came out of a regular size trash can on stage one time too. That was a, that was a great moment. I did uh, a lot of, a lot of work. Uh, but uh, yeah, I came out, I looked like Oscar the Grouch came out of the trash can. It was, uh, it was amazing. Phenomenal. But, you know, you've done some incredible music videos over the years. Uh, Home Sweet Homicide will always be a standout for me. Just the clowns. <laughs> it's brilliant. Yes. So, before we start wrapping up, a question I like to ask all musicians. If there's someone listening to this interview now, one of a, and they've never heard of Wednesday 13 before, is there a particular song or songs of yours you'd point them in the direction of? Like a true example of what Wednesday 13 is about? I don't know. Um, I think, uh, you know, over the test of time, the main songs that stand out are like people love my song Bad Things off the first album. I think that's a good example of of kind of what you would what you would get throughout the career of what we've done. It's got the sense of humor, the lyrics. Uh, it's got the sleazy hard rock vibe that we've always zoned into. Um, that I love to say fuck, uh, which I've recorded with all the bands <laughs> with the solo. <laughs> um, you know, if you get that, then I think your ears will be open to to most of it incredible i'm always a zombie that's another good one too that's a that's one that even works on children you can play that in a car with your kids and they'll just want to sing zombie zombie <laughs> happen i'm gonna years. test that it, it, it works it works they love it i have a five-year-old i'm testing that i want to see All if that right, works it out. most five-year-olds <laughs> most five-year-olds like it <laughs> mr stevens any more questions for our wonderful guests what I thought was really awesome was you mentioned about your song "Good Day to Be a Bad Guy." You released a chocolate hazelnut tea. Is that correct? Or a tea leaf <laughs> is, called yeah, "Good Day right. to Be a Bad Chai." <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I uh, yeah, we we started working with this company called Brutalities. Um, they're big fans of the band, and uh, they came in with a bunch of like um, ideas and different like you should have heard half the songs. They came with their song title puns for different teas, like probably 10 or 15 different ones. It was home sweet homicider. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All, all kinds of cool, weird stuff. And, uh, but yeah, we just, we tested it out. Uh, we launched it on, on Halloween with them. I have yet to, I have not taste. I'm not really a tea person. I have yet to taste it. Um, uh, but, uh, the results from everybody so far, because we actually, uh, people already got their orders in. So I'm, I'm reading reviews online, like 
did I poison anybody? No, did not. Uh, but no, the reaction has been really good uh, so far. It's my first time doing anything I think that's edible or, or drinkable uh, in my line of merch. So, you know, I like to compete with Kiss in my line of merchandise of everything I can put out, whether it's a mass quantity or not. Like, I want to go to the limit. I want everything. I want the, the Wednesday 13 bedroom set with curtains for your kids' room. Get in the bed with Wednesday 13. Where does that many sound? A Wednesday 13 coffin would be very on brand, and there is a kiss coffin. So, yeah, I mean, there's everything. Someone was like, you know, I was watching a commercial the other day, and it was a nut company. I was like, what if I get nuts and I could advertise it? Hey, put my nuts in your mouth. Wednesday 13's nuts. I'm nutty for these nuts. Won't you, won't you put my nuts in your mouth this holiday season? <laughs> I've worked out all the commercials. Try to do the straight face. It's hard to say nuts in your mouth without laughing. But I've been practicing. So we'll see one day. Uh, tea today, nuts tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know. Laugh. Also, I, don't, I don't know. That's the first thing that came to mind. But yeah. obviously, when you began your journey uh in in the music world did you ever think that however many years on that we are now that you would be where you are today nine albums etc uh i think i hoped that i would be able to still be doing i don't i've never really thought about you know where i would be or what i think it just this the main thing is just i always want to be making music and that's all the thing that's i've been good at i think i'm good at and uh and it's fun you know it doesn't feel like a job for me when i when i do this so uh but no i mean i i i I didn't think but at the same time i didn't really have any backup plans so maybe i was not really thinking it wouldn't happen i don't know i just always had that mindset you know uh but like i thought as soon as i got out of high school i would be touring and doing everything but it took about five or six years for that to to take off so i always know that there's always potential for something not to happen the way you think it will. But uh, I've been really, I've been really fortunate, but I also, I, I work my ass off too. I, I stay busy. I've, you know, I've went away when sometimes I probably should have went away and I didn't, I didn't, you know, people are like, Oh, you should give it up. Like, Nope. You know? Uh, so yeah, I've just, uh, you know, I've dug my, I've dug my claws into this <laughs> world and I, I refuse to, uh, to give up i'm like a cockroach i'm still going to keep coming back after after everything good don't want it to go anywhere but yeah. have you got anything coming up that you're able to talk about i know you recently had to cancel the remainder of your tour but mm-hmm. but is there anything other plans coming up yeah we have uh we have uh at the end of january i think it's january 26 7th 8th and 9th uh we go to australia uh it's our first time back in australia since before the pandemic uh and it's a really cool unique tour um we're going with uh it's it's called glam fest uh 2023 and it's us and a bunch of my favorite uh uh glam what sunset strip uh sleaze hair metal bands it's uh it's us Faster Pussycat, Pretty Boy Floyd, Enough Enough, uh, 
and it's like a, it's an all day lineup sort of deal. We're co-headlining it with Faster Pussycat, and uh, for me, that's this is just I can't think of a more fun tour we've been offered. You know, uh, we did a lot of stuff. We played with, and that's the cool thing about our band and being diverse and what we've done is that we can cater a set to a tour like that. We could play all the cool rock, glam rock type stuff, and then we can go and play with Cradle of Filth, you know, and do our heavy <laughs> stuff. So we we balance that out pretty well. So that's something that I've been really fortunate to do. And I'm able to be able to go and play shows with, with bands like this. Hopefully it's be something that'll, that'll do well. And uh, we just did a few sh- uh, show uh, maybe, I don't know, two or three months ago with, uh, with Lita Ford and enough's enough. And it was sort of a, and that gave the promoters this idea to put this together. So if that keeps happening, you may see us with some, some more bands like that. I just, uh, I love to play, uh, in front of any any audience but i think some of those audiences would get where we come from they get past the captain howdy corpse paint phenomenal i I can't wait for you to come back over in the uk like i past two shows i had tickets to and they got bloody cancelled on me so i'm like come on on." so yeah we're 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 talking about the uk i think uh april may right now so uh, yeah, we're still we're still getting stuff together, but uh, but yeah, our next our next trip is Australia at the end of January, and then we're gonna start filling the rest of the year up, and uh, another another busy year ahead. I see. Phenomenal. Um, before we let go, any plugs, social medias, any websites, or anything you want people to go and check out and follow uh, you on? I'm on all the social media pages. Uh, we have our instagram and uh facebook but you get all that info on uh, official wednesday 13.com that has the links to uh all those pages it has a link to our web store you can get all of our merchandise um there's also the patreon fan club that i that i do i've been doing since the pandemic started which is uh, a cool little community of fans that uh i got to see a lot on the tours this year they all met up it's called the my fan club's called the Wednesday 13s Necrophasers. Um, and uh, they call themselves the Necro family. So they come out to all of our shows. They're just super supportive of, of each other. And uh, I've created a cool little community of fans uh, during that time off the road during the, the COVID stuff. Phenomenal. That is awesome. Check it out. It's available. So if you, uh, you want to hang out with a cool group of people and I do live stories and check in and uh lots of cool little perks and things there's a comic book we do for the for the fan club uh just lots of lots of fun stuff and i take it all from the stuff i grew up on like what would be the ultimate fan club ah you get a membership card but how about if i put you in a comic book and you get to get killed monthly by me how about that that's a good idea so uh lots of lots of fun things uh in the fan club so come check it out become one of us You got a world, you've got a calling in the world of re, of advertising. You do, I love it. It's phenomenal. <laughs> Wednesday, right, right. this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for doing this. It means the absolute world. Thank you for having me. Okay, thank you so much, sir. This means the absolute world. Please go enjoy the rest of your day. Like, yeah, massive thank you. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Take care, Wednesday. Take care, buddy. Take care. Bye bye. I just what a phenomenal interview. So funny. It's great. Just great. Yeah. Just to watch you in your element. It's really fucking good. So I hope everybody enjoys it because it's it's just what just for Jamie, just for the fact that he just hones his interviewing skills and smashes it straight out of the proverbial park. 
I can't thank you enough. And a massive thank you to you as well. Because I know I mentioned it in the trailer. You rearranged some personal plans for this to happen. So that meant the absolute world to me. So, yeah. I love you. It's, not, it's one of those things where it's like, we can't really... It, I'd be a dick if we rearranged it. <laughs> um, but, guys, it's incredible. Thank you so much for listening to it. We would just really hope that you guys enjoyed listening to it as much as we did recording it. Wednesday, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us. You made my co-host's dreams come true. Mr. Stevens. Yeah? It's only audience participation time. Bring it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to participate in Jamie's participation challenge. This week I said, everyone knows the little pink ball of adorableness that is Kirby, right? Well, his power is that he can inhale people and borrow their powers for a short period of time. So this week, I ask, if you could inhale any characters and have their powers for a short period, who would it be and why? What say you, Mr. Stevens? Johnny Sins. <laughs> You'd know all of the professions ever. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I am joking, although I've got a story about him, actually. Somebody when he was dressed as a veteran, for obviously one of the pornos he did, at the Vikings game on Sunday, just gone, somebody tweeted, my brother's just come back from, you know, his service, like, thank you so much, and they put it on the Jumbotron. And it's just a picture of Johnny Sins. Fucking fantastic. Absolutely superb. Whoever did that, you're a fucking legend. Like, my, my brother's just got back from Afghanistan or whatever. <laughs> like, it's, it's amazing to have him home. It's just a picture of Johnny Sins. It's just incredible. Um, no, realistically... I really think I'd like to take Sonic. Ooh. I just want I, I just want to know what it's like to run really fucking quick. <laughs> and Plus not be out of breath. Else, so. That'd be nice. I'll be yeah, it'd be lovely. Um Sonic would be cool. Um other than that, I'll take Raiden from Mortal Kombat. Good shout. Good shout. So electric. Many, what about you? There's so many different choices I could think of for this, but part of me says Superman because I've always wanted to be able to fly. So that'd be pretty cool I to don't. try. I don't like the idea of someone having every power. <laughs> I just to be, honest, to be honest, I just thought a flight in was the first person I thought of, but yeah, Superman, well, you could be indestructible for however long it lasts. That'd be pretty cool. Laser eyes, laser yeah. eyes and fly and run really quick and you, nothing can hurt you. And... I, feel, I feel like I'd want to use those powers, but for the dumbest reasons ever. It's like your food's slightly too hot. <laughs> <laughs> Your Greg sausage roll has gone cold because they don't heat their food up. Like, yeah, I don't know. I instantly went yeah. to food. But there we go. Bad <laughs> note, bummies. Let's get some audience answers, shall we? We shall start with the man we normally end with, Mr. Ryan Williams. This is a tough question and one that I've pondered numerous times when I'm high. Shock. Especially when I'm playing Kirby Star Allies. I feel the pressure's building for picking the correct character. I think I'm getting more grey hairs from the stress of the decision. But seriously, my first victim, I mean dinner, I would inhale Goku from Dragon Ball's Dragon Ball Z. So I could become ultra instinct form and head to Ukraine and bitch slap Russia and the Russian forces back to the Stone Age. Since political heads won't do shit to help Ukraine. Then I would buy a Tesla and inhale Electro and I wouldn't have to worry about the electric bill and be able to drive my Tesla without any worry whatsoever. That is nice. genius and money-saving. I like it. Afterwards, it's a toss-up between inhaling both Iceman and the Human Torch, so I become the half-ice, half-fire superhero I've told you all about before. 
or I'd inhale Celine Dion and make millions off an awesome singing voice. <laughs> what do you call Luke, Luke Warm if you took Iceman and fucking <laughs> That's what your name would be, Luke Warm. <laughs> That's a great superhero name. <laughs> Thank you. I'm here all week. Becky Westwood says, I would take Magneto's power because then I'd never be stuck in traffic ever again. Yeah, fair. Yeah, I mean, sure, yeah. that's a hell of a power to have. I'm going to shit reason to use it. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm honest. Like, it's better than heating up pasties like I came out with. <laughs> well, <laughs> fair, yeah. Sean Glancy. This is genius. He says, if I gain the powers of Kirby, I would then inhale Kirby, doubling down and thereby granting me the power to suck up the entire world. <laughs> Evil powers oh. included. A lot. It's clever. It's clever. <laughs> Martin Skerritt says, I would probably inhale you, Tom Stevens, Mr. Upleaving, uplifting. I'd inhale the shit out of you, he says. <laughs> Not literally, I hope. <laughs> um, we have some answers from TikTok. What? For the first time ever. No way. I put a TikTok video of the question and we had some answers. Bom, bom, bom. TikTok says Reese Isaac says Jesus because he's very powerful. When you think about it, Jesus had some badass powers. He could have been a superhero. Before you say it, if he was real. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one I got from TikTok is by a username Light Cave, who says Ryan Reynolds, because he has the power to make every straight man swoon. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I like that answer a lot. That's incredible. And last but not least, may possibly be the greatest audience participation answer we have ever. ever? Yeah. <laughs> I know what's coming. Mally <laughs> Malpass. Yes. I would inhale Darth Vader, so then I could masturbate and force choke myself a little bit. <laughs> And one of my friends put, you are an inspiration, sir. <laughs> I was walking down the road and that popped up in my newsfeed just as a comment. And I literally out loud in the middle of the street said, <laughs> it, is, it is fantastic. It is one of the greatest answers we've ever had. I'm not going to lie. Mally's a fucking legend. <laughs> the man is an absolute hero. <laughs> but if you enjoy Mally's answers to Jamie's participation challenge, Callum's preachings, Tom's journal, the absolute wanky bullshit we speak at the beginning, and all the interviews, then you'll enjoy the other 64 editions of the Chronicles of Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. Don't worry, Mally's on those too. Um, you get them at Spotify, Google, Apple, etc. etc. Not sex, etc etc you can also find us on youtube at the chronicles of podcast hit that subscribe button hit the bell to get notified whenever a video is released and as ron would say comment 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 um you can also find our hashtag wbw way back wednesdays on there they obviously are all on there now so they don't have any more new ones but you can go back and enjoy those Mark Bernardin, our first ever Way Back Wednesday, has gone over a thousand views this week. So massive thank you to absolutely everyone that has enjoyed that interview. It's definitely a personal favourite. Um, 
one of those guests that you see where you go, I'm not quite sure I know much about this person, and then ended up absolutely loving them at the end. Um, so thank you so much to everyone that's checked out the Marble Adden episode. Hopefully we'll get him back again for a second go around. Um, I've lost where I am now. Uh, you can also come watch our Bloodstock live interviews on there as well, and our live vlog, which is almost at 400 views. So please keep watching it. We do appreciate absolutely every single one of you that came on, that was interviewed on there, that was on it. Um, we actually have some news uh, very recently, actually, today, um, from a guest that was on the vlog. So more about that shortly. Uh, so you can check all those out on YouTube as well. YouTube is the best place to go for our podcast because you get to look at our stupid fat faces as well. Uh, <laughs> but Jameson's fat mine is. Anyway, um, <laughs> you can also find us on Facebook at The Chronicles of Podcast. So like, uh, sorry, subscribe to it, like it, comment, put some gifts in there, do whatever you like with it. Just put just put some shit on there. Um, not literally, obviously, because I'd be disgusting to clean the screen. It wouldn't be very nice. Um, you can also find us, Jamie. Uh, hang on, wait a minute. Um, where where else could you find us, Jamie? You could find us scrolling through the Chronicles of Podcast playlist on Spotify, listening to the new Wednesday 13 single. You could do that. Or you can find us on the Twitter at TCOPod. And it's it's escaped my mind again, Jamie, but where else can you find us? Uh, in the aisles at Asda, searching for Tingle All The Way. Definitely. And also, while you're there, on the Instagram at TCOPod. You can also find us, as two people have done so, on the old TikTok at TCOPod as well, where Jamie and myself post little videos for you to thoroughly enjoy. Check out the Chesney Hawks one. Trust me. <laughs> Jamie's face is phenomenal in that video. <laughs> I love it so much. I am. I love it. I fucking love it. But you can also come and find us at our deliciously wonderful and beautifully brand spankingly needs updating lovely little website. It's been updated. Perfect. www.thechroniclesofpodcast.com. You can find out all about us are on there. All of our shows are on there. All of our affiliation sponsors are on there. Everything is on there for you to enjoy. Please come down. And while you're there, donate to the Sophie Lancaster Foundation, please. Do it right now. Um, joking. Uh, the Chronicles of Podcast. Downloaders, reviewers, sharers, raters, tell all of your friends about us. Subscribe to us. Allow us into your ears. And most importantly, never put your hand in Irvin. Confide. Trust the glove. The glove will never let you down. Don't go for the tea towel. Don't go rogue. Don't think you fucking, I've got asbestos hands. I'll be absolutely fine. Trust the glove. And on top of that, <laughs> tingle all the way. What a callback to last week's episode. I like that. <laughs> Before we get out of here, let's say thank you to a few of our friends. First, we have to say a massive thank you to singer-songwriter, the handsome devil that is Mr. Matt Roberts. Go check him out on all the social medias at Matt Roberts Music. Find him on Spotify and wherever you stream your music from under the name Matt Roberts, oddly enough. Look for his brand new single, Perfectly Blue. It is absolutely fantastic. Get it into your ear holes. And of course, we have to say a massive thank you to Stay Cozy Clothing. Head on over to staycozyclothing.com. There is a 30% sale off at the minute. Let's get rid of those items so we can get some new ones in. Have a look at all those sale items. Stick them in your basket. When you've got everything you want, add in that discount code, The Chronicles, and get an extra 10% off your order. What a bargain, as they say. Massive oh, thank Jane. you to Sean and Braden for supporting the show. And of course, you can also download the Stay Cozy smartphone app. 
And of course, you can get the brand new, well, I say brand new, it's been out quite a while now, the Sophie Lancaster collaborative t-shirt. These guys, supporting these guys, it's absolutely amazing, an incredible design, and I really, really hope that you all go and partake. Speaking of the Sophie Lancaster Foundation, stamping out prejudice, hatred, and intolerance everywhere. We absolutely love these guys. We've been supporting them now since we were lucky enough to sit down and speak to Sylvia. As Tom said earlier, the Bloodstock vlog that we created, talking to people from the metal community, all about Sophie and her legacy, something we want to carry on doing in the future. But until we can get out there and talk to you guys again, head on over to sophielancasterfoundation.com, hit the hate crime tab and fill in that questionnaire there. That information used in that questionnaire will be taken to the courts to help prove that alternative subculture is a hate crime. It should be classed as a hate crime. It should be one of the strands of hate crime. This has been going on since God knows when. People have been treated differently because of the music they listen to, the way they dress and the way they act. And it needs to stop, quite frankly. So help us, help them to make that happen. 26th of November is Make a Noise, the annual event celebrating Sophie and this year Sylvia's life. So please join us on the socials where we're going to do a special day dedicated to Sophie and Sylvia and help us raise money, raise awareness for this incredible charity. We can't wait for you to join us there. Please share everything we're doing because you could know people that know nothing about this charity. And I think if there's going to be any day of the year to help spread that message and make people aware of it, today is that day is the day to do it. So please join us. And last but not least, massive thank you to this handsome bugger over here. Look at that face. Hi, guys. Um, yeah, I completely second everything you say, Jamie. So, yeah, we will be spreading all the love on the social meds on uh, on Saturday. So please come and join us and make a noise. Jamie, another fantastic episode, sir. Another fantastic episode, indeed. We love it. We do enjoy it. We love being here for you on The Weekly. Because as for this week, we're going to see you all next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye! Ooh, tingly.